jolly jolly holiday show that's the opening to this one hotline league episode 56 because we've got uh loco doco on he's been streaming all week long talking about the roster rumors predicting some stuff uh you know calling poe not joining clg uh we got mark we got mark z over there mark z uh he's he's recovering but he's he's already kind of in that christmas mood uh i'm filming something tomorrow so everything's very holiday uh there's so much to talk about so many roster rumors so many roster announcements all that more starting on hotline league episode 56 right now and i have to say by the way sponsored by alienware thank you alienware for the sponsorship of the show uh we'll be talking more about them later but let's get into uh, the episode. First off, introducing my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark Z? I am losing it. I'm burned out. You're burned out. Okay, this is the off-season. You're not supposed to be burned out. I spent all day in the past couple days doing stuff I don't like doing. Okay, like what? I can't. I'm not at liberty to say. Uh, you're not at liberty to say. Is that, is that like, are no, it's you? Not like I, it's not like I, I literally can't. I just really You should. don't want to talk about it. Uh Oh, you get in trouble. I mean, it would cause a storm. Oh, really? Is it? Are we going to find out what it is eventually? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Is it like team? Is it League of Legends team related? Who knows? <gasps> are you coaching a team? No, fuck no. That's hundred percent off the table. <laughs> Apparently, I'm quiet, Travis. So can you please turn me up? Yeah, I'll turn you up. I don't know. You're very loud to me, so I just I people people always wait till the show starts to um. No, people were saying it before. I, th- I don't know. Okay. Well, you should be a little louder. Um, cool. I'm, I'm going to turn myself down more because uh, I think I tend to get pretty loud. Um, our guest this week is Loco Doco. How's it going, Loco? Hi, Travis. It's going pretty well. I'm glad to be on my second favorite League of Legends show. Okay. What is your first? State of the League. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, well. <laughs> no, no. It's Listen Loco. Okay. Well, that's fair. I feel like you're a little biased in that assessment, but um, I appreci- appreciate uh, your return to the show. Um. Uh, because Loco is a returning guest. We haven't had too many returning guests on the show, uh, but this is uh, it's been almost one year since Loco came on uh, previously. Um, and uh, Loco, how have How'd you been that this one week? Go? How, okay, sorry. One question at a time. I said, how did the first episode of Loco go? I actually don't remember. Was there any drama? There was no we drama. We got a lot of views. We got a lot of views, so yes. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, it went great. went great. Um, but... Uh, how, how have you been this week? You've been predict, doing a lot of predictions and uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of predictions, a lot of speculations, little things I hear and there. Yeah. Um, it's been really interesting. Are you, been, are you moving into a like, uh, like reporter role? Is this, is this like the move for you? Well, I want to do interviews. I'm probably going to do some interviews um, at All-Stars, and I'm probably going to do interviews with some of the owners nice. um, about the roster. You got competition, Travis. Ugh, I hate this shit. Every time so, like everybody acts like there's, there's, there can only be one interviewer in the space, and, and they're like, oh, who's better? Who's this? Whatever. It's just like people can do content and interviews and all the stuff they want to do. Who well, cares? I think me and Travis could have taken two kinds of approach. We could have been very confrontational and i could have been like no fuck no i'm not gonna do hotline league and be like no i, I want the interviews for myself our content creators can help each other and help each other grow and do a win-win situation instead of having small dick energy and trying to push each other out and me and travis are both big boys so you i mean, mean I, you're you're here to leech you had I'm, I'm here to leech. we're at we're at 3k what were you at you were at 900 loco Jesus. sounds uh, I, i'm here to leech he's, you know, he's had good viewership this week um mark I just like you were here to leech on Listen Loco, 
I'm yeah. here to bleach on Hotline Leak. Yeah, that's that's what collaboration is just like dip, taking turns leeching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh let's let's get into the show. So uh, well, wait, first we have to ask Loco what happened with the CLG rumor. Okay. Well, for the CLG thing. So I had a really, really good source that told me where Power of Evil would be going. And why I believe this source was this source um, said Power of Evil, and it also marked a lot of the European players going where. So I think going up against Jacob Wolf and saying what he did was, what he reported was wrong was like a really ballsy move. But I kept getting, I had this source for a while, and I kept getting more and more confident because this document had about nine roster moves, and seven of them were confirmed. They were not confirmed when I received this document, but seven of these roster moves got confirmed on the day that I said Jacob Wolf was wrong. So I really bought into this document because it had European movements and it told me what team Power of Evil would go to. And then um, seven out of the nine roster moves were confirmed. There was Power of Evil to a team that wasn't confirmed. And there was one more thing that wasn't confirmed that still isn't getting confirmed. So I was, I, I just really believed this document more. Was, more it, so. was this like an anonymous document that was handed to you? You just got it and then it started, or did somebody tell you? Um, somebody told me. Somebody okay. leaked me a doc. Gotcha. You uh, hacked it yourself? Oh my god, that's so cool. He hacked into the mainframe. Yeah. So I, what I what I believe is that document at that point was correct, and yeah. it was maybe all the things that were signed, and then Power people. Um, decided on CLG, but anyway, I mean, Jacob Wolf had better information. I apologized to him publicly. I got on a call with him. I apologized to him on a call. Like, I mean, did I he, made... wa- he wanted you to call him and apologize? No, I did that myself because okay. I called him out publicly and I was wrong. It's just okay. like, I guess, like basic manners. Yeah. I mean, you just got to phrase it differently the first time. You just got to say conflicting reports say that mm. actually CLG's mid laner is not power, you know, yeah. Um, I whatever I I was wrong. I apologize to Jacob yeah. Wolf. I both I both love and uh, people saying Loco's quiet. I'll turn him up. Um, I I apologize. I I just I both love and hate this time because uh, it, it in a way look I I understand the entertainment value of all this stuff, but it it's just weird kind of like let's let's all leak secrets thing. But it's also really fun for the audience because everybody craves information. So. I, I totally get uh, the the kind of hype around it and people want to know stuff. It's just it's, there are sometimes where it just feels really weird. And sometimes I worry. I wonder what you think of this, uh, Loco. Uh, I worry that um, the media or different personalities or people are are used in a sense because um, like the an agent or a owner or a manager or player or whatever they want to like put one narrative out there because it helps them with their negotiations and mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of, it's a weird time. Yeah. Um, I never, I didn't have a manager or like a agent come to me and like told me to tell a story or give me a source. Yeah. Most of the, the rumors I heard from friends and um, I mean, there are things or so there were agents and there were players and there were even owners that came up to me and asked me for help regarding a player or getting yeah. a player or, or introduction. I did that free of charge. And anything I learned helping a team or helping a player, I did not leak. So gotcha. I wasn't being I wasn't able to get, I guess, like used to spread a narrative. Yeah. I mean maybe I maybe I was like through some fucking two hundred IQ shit, but anyone I helped of like helped on an official basis, like nothing like leaked from my mouth on that. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Well, it's been fun for sure. Um, we are going to have uh, Seb on the show later. This uh, this show it's a uh, for those that don't know, Seb Park runs uh, Clutch Gaming. Um, I've already been informed that unfortunately, due to matters outside of his control, he won't be able to talk about the full lineup. But we know that they announced Demonte earlier today, so uh, we'll be able to talk to him a little bit about that. Were, also, were those other moves confirmed by him, or like the ones with like Apollo and Hago going to Echo Fox and shit? Um, I don't know if he if they have said that yet. Um, Did they say thank you? I can look up real quick. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, the thank you thing. I feel like it's become a meme. Like some like C nine did like a thank you hi thing the very first time he retired, and now everybody. Oh yeah, they did do a thank you, thank you Apollo yeah. Sol and Hakaho on, on clutch. So those have been confirmed. The departure of those three, um, but I don't think they said where they are going at, and I don't know if. Uh, oh, they did so say does, it says Echo. They've been transferred to Echo Fox, yeah. so you can talk about their transfer, and then you can talk about Demonte joining. So we'll be able to do that. All I right, want to so, hear a team say no, thank you, blah blah blah. Yeah, no, yeah, thank th- no, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like um, we have uh, Niski in the chat. By the way, what do you? Hey. Think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if he's still around, but people were spamming about him earlier. So uh, Niski joining to C nine. We'll be able to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we get into calls, uh, it, maybe we should first off we can put a document up. Where's that? I have that doc link that you made, Loco. Uh huh. Um, I, I I even completed more of it. There's only one. Of it? Yeah, one spot on the NA document that's not complete. Okay, I will show this, this on screen right now. Moves? Yeah, so if you hit uh, exclamation mark doc in chat, um, Mark, it'll pop up. No. Okay, well, I'm also showing it on screen, so. Um, so these are the, so what is it? Uh, so green is announced, right? Green is Jacob Wolf confirmed, or okay. Jacob Wolf confirmed, or on global contract database, Okay. or announced. And yellow is? Rumors. Rumors. Okay. So they're. Oh my they, God. Why is everything so big? I mean, I think it's just the way it loads. I don't know. Um, I like Loco's formatting. Uh, it, I mean, well, I made it big because I w- look at it on stream. So yeah, yeah. it's easier for it to be big. Um, okay. So, so the green ones are not, uh, or the yellow ones are not announced. Um, so we'll be talking. So if you want to call in and talk about any of these rumors, um, you know, what you, uh, you know, who you think should be jungle for TSM because they haven't announced or confirmed it yet. Uh, what you think about, you know, uh, Echo Fox's new strategy and if they should keep Dardoch because that's not confirmed yet. If you want to talk about GGS's uh, roster, which has been not officially announced, but is uh, reported, um, we can do all that stuff on the show. Uh, and again, we'll have Seb on later as well to discuss his side of um, the off season as well. He'll be calling in. Um, uh, other than that, uh, Mark, do you want to give a little spiel on how the call system works? Yes, sir. If this is your guys' first time watching the show, this is how it works. I'll be spamming in chat right now a link to the Discord. You're going to want to go and join up on that Discord. And when you get there, you need to join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Once you're in, you can mute your microphone so you don't in headsets so you don't have to listen to people. And then in the Pleb Topics uh text channel you're going to go ahead and post whatever your topic is if you're posting in there without being in one of the voice channels i can't actually add you to our call if i like your topic after seeing it i will pull you into the waiting room and uh you will be there until it's your turn when i come down i'll ask you to do a quick mic check make sure you sound good and then we'll pull you into the on-air room to go over whatever it is you want to talk about cool and if you are a sub by the way uh first off thank you for being a sub 
Uh, and it also allows you to get into the subtopics chat uh, where you can discuss um, or you can you can put your topics in there. Uh, it does move a little slower there, so that's kind of your advent your advantage. And we we do check both topic or both chats, uh, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. So uh, you know, don't sub if that's the whole point. But it is a um, well, so you should because everyone should sub no matter what. You should sub no matter what, but not because you want the subtopics chat, uh, because you want to support me buying things like the Santa outfit that I'll be wearing on a stream video tomorrow. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Mark, you want to start grabbing people? Yeah, I got one guy waiting, so I'll just get okay. him, and then I'll keep keep reading. Cool. Very good. Uh, off we go into it. I want to sh- uh, shout out some people who have subbed recently. Uh, thank you to Spank Daddy Fank. Right, some of your guys' names. Stahil Gifted Sub to Poro Satan. Um, uh, AOD Nightshade. Uh, Geek Out uh, Raider Doogie. Brooksy32. Uh, Atrocity Killing You Guy. Six months. Uh, and looks like... Oh, almost not. Dr. Manhattan Gifted a Sub to Niski. Welcome, Niski, to the stream. Exuria. Uh, Tevam12. Korean Magic. Spaghetti Butt. What a great name. Simus104. And uh, we've got Captain... Elias uh, on the stream or in the call right now. Captain Elias, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Europe, Sweden. From Sweden. Very good. Yeah, well, hey, so cool. uh, I think you've been on my, my channel in the past couple of days as I've been streaming talking about this stuff. So uh, welcome to the yeah. show. I think you said you wanted to call in. So it looks like Mark pulled you. Yeah. Ooh, lucky. Yeah. Very good. That worked out. I am lucky. Yeah. What time is it in Sweden? It's um, 5 a.m. basically. Or yeah. Okay. Are you naturally up at this time or did you wait up to be on the show? I mean, I've been listening to this show for pretty much half a year now. And uh, I, I usually just watch the VODs on YouTube or so, yeah. so you know, now I, I just, I was going to work early today and I, I figured, you know, I'll just go up a little bit earlier to watch the show. Cool. Are you naturally Swedish? Cause you don't have as thick of an accent as most Swedish people we have on the show. I speak to a lot of Americans. All right. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering why. I just... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I'm naturally Swedish. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you and welcome to the show. What is your take for the show tonight? Well, I have two topics, just uh, one small one, but I'll I'll go to the main one. It's basically, I think that Golden Guardians will be top four with this lineup that they announced. Top and, four. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I actually I was on your stream. I think it was two days ago when you talked about Froggen. And uh, oh, no. I don't know if you remember this, but I actually said Froggen was a top three uh, mid laner in, in NA. Yes, I remember <laughs> that because I have been. So so for context for Mark and Loco, I am a oh. little more skeptical on the Froggen pickup than most people. Because one, yeah. I think I think there are people like Captain Elias who think that Froggen is a top three mid in North America, despite the fact he didn't play this year. And two... I feel like the Froggen pickup is way too similar to what happened last year where they picked up High, who was this like aged veteran and and had played a lot in the past and and maybe, you know, isn't isn't the best or isn't as good as they they had been at one point in time and I just it feels too similar to the move that they made last year. Um so that's why I'm skeptical about it. Uh but I don't know, what do you guys first off, do you think it's is it safe right now to be making predictions around what team is going to be the best and rank them yep, when we absolutely. don't even have all the teams uh, announced? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, he- funny, funny enough, this guy said that because I filmed Listen Local earlier with Doran, and mm-hmm. we made that exact same bet. Doran said that 
Golden Guardians would be top four at the end of spring season. And I, I said it was ridiculous. And Because he loves Froggen. Yeah, he loves Froggen. And Travis, what's your credential in terms of judging players? Like, are you highly rated in League of Legends? Do no, you I'm, it, I'm an idiot. No one, should, no one should believe anything I say. But uh, I, did, I did accurately predict the Ole double lift issues at the beginning of last year. Um, I don't know if it was on the episode you were on, Loco, but I, I, there are th- Can we certain not things- talk about the goddamn Shake Shack prophecy a year later? I'm just saying, Ole's not on the team anymore, and I feel like the Shake Shack, Shake Shack prophecy in a big Well, you fun. don't have a prophecy around well, Logan. I, I haven't heard it. I actually agree with you. Like, at the beginning of the year, I thought Double Lift Ole would initiate, like, at the end, clash because Double has a way he wants to play League of Legends, and Ole has a way he wants to play League of Legends, and yeah. eventually, I think they were going to go separate ways. As for like the Froggen thing, you compare Froggen to High, but Froggen and High are very different players than like complete opposite almost. Yeah, in terms of strength, like Froggen is individually very strong. Um, in he has individually shined where High was individually strong at a point, but towards a certain part, he was more about making others better. And C9 played him every single kind of position imaginable, not because he was individually strong, but they were just doing anything possible to keep him on the team due to the intangibles he brought. Yeah. So I think Kai and Froggen are very different players, even though it is like Golden Guardians picking up an old school veteran. I can see Froggen working better than Hai. Okay. I think uh, I'm also someone who was pretty skeptical about Froggen's performance after failing to make playoffs like, what was it, four or six splits in a row with Echo Fox? It was just like, mm-hmm. it's a little results-based, but at the end of the day, like even Power of Evil made a better run at playoffs, I think, with the Optic lineup than, than Froggen ever did with his Echo Fox lineups. And so like, mm-hmm. I really don't think we've seen... I think Froggen mechanically has no problems matching up against anyone in lane, but I think his ability to affect the actual game's outcome is a lot lower than what it used to be. Uh, just with how the games evolved and stuff like that. Now, maybe if the game stays really lane dominant, like it, it seemed to matter a lot in the last meta at Worlds, then I actually think he's a lot more valuable than in the past. Uh, if it, if the meta stays relatively close to what it was at Worlds, but if it goes back to like what older metas have been for the most part, where like a lot of mids are like control mages and they're roaming around and stuff like that, or they're, I, I just have big concerns about him. Yeah. Uh, I think the rest. I think the team is 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 the best team he's had around him, though. Uh, yeah, for so a long what, time. That's kind of what I meant by 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 this. I wasn't like all frogging, you know. He he'll he'll fucking carry them to finals or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I was more, I was more about you know the fucking the the Nero's lineup that he has put up in this is. I I think it's a big up to him because I I honestly I look at this lineup and like I I mean I like most of the NA players right now that's like been picked up. But I I actually think he he put up a, a pretty good lineup for this year. So I'm I'm really hyped for GGS. Honestly, I I wasn't watching them last year. I'll tell you that much. But like now, I'm actually kind of hyped about it. I, I don't know. By the way, Reggie's in chat right now. He said C89th, and then he said Travis is a Mimi, and then he's randomly. Is, is that said, actually Andy? Yeah. That's yeah. Why, that's why there's the verification really? mark mark. I'm and, a, oh my god. Yeah. And then he said, oh. <laughs> I don't give a fucks. And then. He said, "Girls are cool," which is a meme. He's he's just kind of going through all the memes from the past hey, year. I think he's breaking hey, down. Hey Reggie, when Steve memes, he drops fifty subs. That'd be a really cool meme to, <laughs> no, to copy. I uh, I think what's uh, what's very interesting is is uh, you know I wish I wish Reggie could come on and talk about how he's going to be playing jungle for TSM because he announced that earlier on Twitter. I don't know if you oh, saw I that. Oh, I did Mark. see that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, that's that's actually TSM's new jungle right now. He says Steve is pretend rich. I, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> He's going to file for bankruptcy in yeah. six months. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. I don't, okay, well, uh, Andy, you can feel free to keep uh, trolling the the Twitch chat. Once you're able to announce your final roster, we'd love to have you come on Hotline League and, and discuss it. Um, I guess to get back to to the thing, like you're saying, Captain Elias, I think this is a much better roster than, than what Froggins mm-hmm. had before, like you were saying. I think this is a bit of a make-or-break uh, split or year for him because if this roster can at least get playoffs and be competitive, then I think that says a lot about a lot of these players because a fair yeah. amount of them are kind of looking for a bit of a comeback year. Hanser obviously is that case. Contracts is that case after being so successful with C9. Golden Guardians was a flop. Froggen being teamless. Ole gang ditch for TL. Like I think a lot of these guys are going to be looking for validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some of them, it could be, if it flops, like a very damning part of their career. Well, and this is what's funny is the narrative for Golden Guardians this year is actually the same narrative as it was last year. They just have a better lineup. Hanser's like a, a top laner that was rejected by his previous team, like Lorlo. Uh, contracts is still contracts. Froggen, I again, I feel like even if he's better than High and has a better chance of succeeding, the narrative is the same. Uh, definitely still definitely an Ole is a Team Liquid support that they decided they didn't want anymore, which is the same thing as Matt. So that's I'm I am more excited about this roster. It is just funny because it's like this cool. is cool. actually just the same narrative. There's a little bit of difference where last year it was about let's grow NA talent. We're going to invest into NA talent. We don't need immediate results. Where this year, I feel like it's more we want results. And one thing that I do want to commend Golden Guardians on, I think they did get good players. I'm not sure if it was coincidental, but I'm not sure if it was purpose. But this time they're going to have a lot more eyes and a lot more fans on the team. Froggen, someone with huge fan base. Hunter, someone with huge fan base. Ole, someone with a very huge NA fan base. So I think not just performance-wise, like just overall org um, narrative-wise, I think this team is in a much better place than it was last year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm very, uh, very curious to see how it goes. So it, will they be top four? Loco, you said no to, to Thorin whenever he made that prediction, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll say no. No? Okay, I'll say yes what? because uh, I, we need Thank somebody you, to Travis. say yes. So Thank you, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm still skeptical on Froggen. I Froggen has I I I'm not I'm not going to say that Froggen's a top three mid. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take that. Loco and Remember and that Mark time would, you guys said better Froggen and Hanser couldn't uh, make worlds and finish. I think they, I guess they did technically finish top four. So maybe they do. I'm talking about TSM last year. So are you you changing your mind? I'm thinking more about it. This is basically worse TSM. Yeah. Mark, think, think of the other teams that would be top four and then compare them to fourth. Right, fourth so I'm, I'm saying TL, maybe C9. 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves. Easy 100 Thieves. You think 100 Thieves is easy? Yeah. See, I, I, the reason I think that they'll be top four is because I think one of the teams that should be top four will just fall apart. Like, and that's what I think oh, will allow sure. Golden Guardians. Always so. happens every year. Yeah, you, you, like, one of these teams will be, like, really disappointing in spring, and then they'll come back. It, it'll be 100T, it'll be TSM, it'll be Cloud9. Something will happen to one of these other teams that are supposed to be up there, and it'll open up a, a spot for Golden Guardians. Uh, I'll still say no, but I think it's, it's, it is pretty close. Okay. You almost, you almost made the jump. 
Um, I almost joined you because I hate Logan, but ended up agreeing. Here is one. I mean, we'll do more predictions, I'm sure, as this this, uh, split starts. But if this roster is true, one concern I do have for it, by the way, is that I think Hanser and Froggen are going to be wildly uh, opposing to Ole in terms of personality. Like everything I've heard about Hanser at TSM is that he's like pretty aggressive, forthright dude. I think him and Froggen will kind of butt heads, but in like that productive way. Um, and they'll both be like, come on, dude, that's shit. You got to get better. Only, I don't know if he plays that well in that environment, given, uh, how things shook out for him at TL. So I don't know. We'll see. I think Ole has a strong opinion. And when he doesn't respect the player, there's problems. I think Ole and Cody where Ole, um, did not respect Cody that much. And he disagreed a lot with how Cody wanted to play and there was problems, but Ole with double, even though Ole disagreed with double, Ole respected double so much and mm. formed to what double wanted. So it's going to be more so on how much respect is Froggen and Hanser going to buy from Ole, like due to their past history and how well they play in scrims. Yeah, I think Ole can be flexible if he respects the players around him. Reggie is spamming clean up your place, Loco, and getting the entire chat to spam that okay. as well. Thank well, you. This, it's not my place. I am visiting a friend for I'm, I'm visiting a friend. It's not my place. <laughs> thank you, Captain Elias, for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he had one other one that I wouldn't yeah, mind yeah. talking about. Uh, would you, do, yeah, do you care, I, Travis? Or you want yeah, to yeah, just, we'll just do it quick. Alright, so basically it's Crown being overrated. I think he's more of a support mid laner than uh, an actual outplay mid laner. I want to see him this year if he goes, since he's going to NA, uh, being more of an outplay uh, mid laner. And um, actually, I, I think he's better like than pretty much 90% of the players in the, in the mid lane in NA, so I want to see him. Wait, so I thought you, you know. said he's overrated. Yeah. It but starts like, with he's I, overrated, and then you say he's better than everybody. I mean, he is overrated when it comes to an international stage, is is my opinion. And okay. then when it when it comes to NA, sorry, Wildcard Region, uh, <laughs> that we, and we let this guy have a second take, and this is how he he's wasn't that bad before. I don't know what happened to him. It's like oh. people are still doubting. I'm 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 not. You know, I'm from Sweden, so I, I gotta I gotta. I just don't know what to, to do with this take. You're like. He's overrated, but he's gonna stop everyone. I'm like, okay, well, I yeah. don't. Well, not, not, not. Like, I want him to be more of a not support player in the mid lane. Because if you look at his stats from the past Korean uh, LCK um, splits, he's basically had like a minimum amount of solo kills in the mid lane. And I, w I want him to be more of that kind of mid laner that does that when it comes to uh, going to the NA. You know, that's what I meant. Yeah. So. so uh, I kind of agree with some of the stuff you're saying, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Like, I think Crown's really, really good. Definitely did not have a great last year. He had some good ones from previous years. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a bit of a coin flip about how good he is. But Loco can, can tell me if I'm off about this. He feels like, from a culture fit perspective, probably one of the worst Koreans to come across the seas. Yeah. I realized we were going to have a lot of overlap with Listen Loco, so I can actually give a more informed thought because I already said it once. Um, Crown is someone that works extremely hard. That's someone very competitive, and he falls under the stress of sometimes his own effort and how good he wants to be. In NA, I'm not, gonna, I'm not calling out everyone because there are definitely players that are different, but NA, I would say it's more about balance than it is about absolute focus and absolute grind on League of Legends. Where like we respect like balance in life, like seeing your friends, going to the gym, other things. Like Crown is not someone that's gonna appreciate that 
balance as much. Mm. And yeah, also, I, go, sorry, Mark. No, I was I was going to like reiterate that. Like, I think mental well-being when you come across overseas is super super important. And I just can't see Crown, this guy who played like four thousand solo queue games last last year or something like that, like last season, going to be happy with how NA approaches it. And I don't think like optic is this like super well functioning organization i think samsung was probably a bit a better org or gen g at that point uh so like i think i think he he won't really enjoy north america at all and even if even if he doesn't have a down year like he kind of had last year even if he is at like peak crown i don't think that his well mental well-being will be good yeah and also there's this like joke about na being a for fun reason I mean, our performances might be for fun, but the talent level definitely isn't because we import and we have so much money and draw and power. Like we get some of the top imports from Korea, some of the top imports from Europe in terms of mid lane, like our mid lane talent, it's not NA talent. It's like some of the best or at least the top players in the world coming to play in NA. Yeah. I just, I'm not super thrilled about the crown thing. I think it's a random thing that optics doing. They somehow think that they can, <clears throat> They've they've convinced themselves that they can get one star player in the mid and mid lane and and do something interesting out of there without having to spend in the other lanes. And I just I don't I think it's yeah. it'll be interesting to see how things go. But I I'm just not really I'm not like wow how great. Uh, thank yeah, you, Captain Elias, for coming. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. Have a good one. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next caller. Uh, Mark is off to grab some more people. Uh, let's see where were we? Um, I said spaghetti about. Simus104, Yellow Hawkeye, Dr. Buttcheek. What? These names are getting worse. Prince of Jack, <laughs> Hungster, uh, Ibrafi5, uh, who, who also sent a spreadsheet link who says this is uh, maybe better. And then just now, Seb Park gifted 10 subs in the chat. Thank you, Seb Park. We're going we're gonna to get Seb Park on sh- shortly. Maybe after this call. After this caller? Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, after this call, we'll do, the, we'll do a break and then we'll, do, we'll have Seb on. Dr. Manhattan is rejoining the show. Dr. Manhattan calls in frequently to the show. You are in D.C. That is correct. Oh, yes. I've often said Florida because I met you in Florida, but I, I remember this time. Um, uh, thank you for, for calling in. Uh, Dr. Manhattan, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my topic today is kind of a soft rant in a sense where um, a lot of the news that came out with uh, Cloud9 and I'm seeing a lot of the reactions that people had when it comes to Jensen leaving and with the signing of Niski. And I think that some of the reactions, some are fair, but I think a lot of them are relatively unreasonable in my opinion. Okay. So meaning, sorry, what, which ones do you think are unreasonable? My main one that I have is simply due to the fact that I think a lot of people are saying like, or at least people in the back of their head saying, Oh, but he, you know, he's a downgrade from Jensen or, you know, that, that, but my, my response is, well, pull up a Venn diagram of people of mid laners who genuinely wanted to come to NA that were available that cloud nine could assign. Like where is this mid laner that is better? Cause I, I don't, I don't really see that many. That so you're, so you, you're okay with the assumption that Niski is not as good as Jensen, but you feel like it was cloud nine's best option. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe it was the best option. And, you know, for people saying, you know, he's not as good as Jensen, that's fair. I do think that he has a lot of potential and people are like really underselling him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Loco, Mark, what do you guys think? Well, I understand why Cloud9 fans are mad. Jensen was about to be uh, NA resident in a split, and he came off 
I think he came off a good performance at Worlds. A lot of people will be the 3-0 Fnatic series, but other than that, Jensen played pretty decently at Worlds. He was definitely one of the more shining players. Um, I, I, I agree with Niski being good. It's just reality of situations. Like both the TL buying out Jensen and Cloud9 getting Niski were very on-brand moves. I don't think either fan base... I think fan bases were surprised, but if you sit down and think about it, it was a very steep move to buy out Jensen and a very jack move to invest into a young talent that can potentially get better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, also, for the most part, jack... I didn't see too much criticism because I don't think I, I followed it super closely, so I don't know how, how scathing it was, but... I think Jack should have bought enough goodwill from the community at this point with how well he's handled every turnaround that's kind of happened. Where like losing impact wasn't a big deal. Uh, high for Jensen was fine, or Jensen for High, excuse me, was fine. They had Smoothie take over for Lemonation after like a little bit of a bunny experiment, and then ultimately it was Zazel taking over as well. Like almost every single movie does works well. So I I think. You know, even if this isn't like the sexiest pickup and it's hard to say like Niski's better than Jensen, that doesn't mean it's not going to work. That's kind of like my piece right there where it's like at this point, and I think that uh, Thor- uh, that thing, that whole that thing uh, where, listen, Loco, that you even said it like Loco, where it's like, it's really hard for me to bet against Jack and Reaper at this point because every time we see this happen, like it's just like he just proves us wrong even more and more. I mean... We saw this thing where like people were kind of were somewhat skeptical or like had healthy skepticism with the licorice pickup after impact drop, and like you know with the whole benching that we saw this past summer, it's it's really hard to really bet against these guys at this point. And you know Nisky is comfortable in NA, like he mm-hmm. I mean or comfortable enough considering he did a split a split on NVS where he had very promising results. And overall, I think that I can speak for for almost all the Cloud Nine fan base, and I hope that what I'm hearing is a minority. That I genuinely believe, like this guy is the guy to replace Jensen, you know. And I think that yeah. is kind of it's funny that you say it's kind of a Steve move. It is speaking, a very Steve move. Speaking of spending a lot of money, Reggie and Chat just gifted sixty nine subs, which, which <laughs> <laughs> he had to beat Steve's fifty from last week, so he went with sixty nine. Uh, which is just, it's classy, you know. I feel like that's very on brand for Reggie. Not oh, only beats Steve, but yeah, on brand. Yeah, yeah. TSM uh, chats are being spammed in my chat now. The Twitch chat has now just become a bunch of TSM spam. So we're TSM show now. That'll keep going for. for and a you while. have me on. I'm yeah. gonna say, yeah, Loco. What do you expect? Yeah, thank you, oh. thank you, Reggie, for the uh, for the subs. We'll we'll get to those in a second. I don't want to derail too much. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know, Mark, if you were gonna say something or Loco about uh, what Doctor Manhattan said. Otherwise, I have a, a sort of thought on it. The only uh, sorry, Doctor Manhattan. Or go ahead, Mark. Sorry. My final thought on it is that, like, at some point, though, to be fair, like the other foot is going to drop, and Jack's going to fuck one of these up. But it does feel like whenever something's gone kind of wrong, he's reacted quickly with like the high substitutions at support and like Bunny and Smoothie tag teaming and stuff. So like, maybe Niski isn't the right move. But even if it wasn't, I don't think you would see Niski for like a year and a half or something as the wrong, you know, like as a problem. Yeah. What I've what I've been saying on stream recently, and and I'm curious what you guys think about it is. Uh, the Niski thing makes a lot of sense to me because they have golden glue and I think it makes a lot of sense to have golden glue. Uh, like if, if you have Jensen around, I know that it wasn't their decision necessarily to have Jensen leave, but if you have Jensen around, you just kind of have golden glue hanging out in the background. And if golden glue is as good as sort of people started to think he was at the end of the split, you know, just keeping him on the bench all split without having, you know, with, with Jensen and the main slot, it doesn't make as much sense. But if you are able to 
Uh, if you have Niski and Golden Glue, and you actually do have them compete for the spot, and both of them, you think, okay, one of these guys is going to be really good this split. Um, I'd give it like a sixty or seventy percent chance that one of them, you know, both of them have like a sixty or seventy percent chance of working out. You're kind of hedging your bets here, and you're you're allowing yourself like one of these is going to work. It's actually a pretty good move, I think, because you're you're allowing yourself a pretty good chance of having a pretty good uh, mid laner. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good strategy. Yep, with Golden Glue in the pocket. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, I'm glad everyone agrees with me. Um, You're so smart. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on the C9 uh, Niski stuff? Uh, I'm just really psyched to see him play. I've been really hyped for him since his time on Fnatic Academy. I know he's in chat. By the way, you're welcome for the sub, Niski. And yeah, I'm excited for 20. Very good. Well, hey, thank you, Dr. Manhattan, so much uh, for the call. Really appreciate it. A pleasure being on here as always. Yeah. Um, okay, before we move on to the next caller, uh, I do really want to thank Reggie for the 69 subs. That is incredible. That's one of the, the highest amount of subs I've ever had uh, hit the channel in terms of gifted. Uh, and uh, certainly he he showed off. Uh, Steve can now feel uh, emasculated. Anyway, let's talk about um, uh, our sponsor for the show tonight. Quick little break here before we get Seb Park on. Um, Seb, if you're watching, feel free to join the Discord call. Uh, Mark is about to show a computer. Hopefully no secret information. Uh, and that computer, by the way, is an Alienware computer, because despite the fact that he's getting another Alienware computer uh, tomorrow. I, I love them so much. I don't I know what Loco's doing. It looks like he's showing a competing sponsor in the in the thing. I but think he's getting a credit card out to buy an Alienware. That, that might be true. So despite the fact that uh, despite the fact. Oh, I need to pop this up on screen. I almost forgot. I've been all out of practice. Despite the fact that Mark is getting a, an Alienware computer, he's actually had one for years. He was just talking about on last week's show how much he's enjoyed uh, using them for all these years. So it's great, great match. He's really excited about it. He'll be getting that tomorrow. I have their new uh, Slim and Light 15 behind me. Um, and uh, and tomorrow, by the way, there's all this gear that I'm going to be unboxing on stream. We're going to be making a video out of it. Uh, they're doing a ton to support not just Hotline League, but everything I do. When I go to... Um, when I go to All Stars in a couple, or actually just next week, I'll be sponsored by them. They're sponsoring everything I'm doing next year. It's incredible to see the support they've got. By the way, if you're watching live, if you're watching live, I'm going to spam it in chat right now. But you can just you can do me a favor by going over to Dell.com/travis and uh, checking out their the stuff that they've got on because they've got Cyber Monday deals going. Um, and I, I appreciate it. By the way, thank you so much, Twitch chat, for being so polite uh, about the stuff, because I know you guys, people have been tweeting them all weekend, uh, saying how much they support. People have been saying, oh, I bought this monitor because of Travis. You, you tweeted them. That stuff really helps me out. So anyway, my whole point is I just want to say thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. They, they make some great stuff. Go check them out at Dell.com slash Travis. Thanks for all the support. If you're enjoying this show, understand that it's made possible by them. Uh, and we'll be getting those gear upgrades going very shortly. Uh, so anyway, Where's I think Seb, you can Park? Anywhere. <clears throat> Seb Park. Is he in the Discord yet? Uh, let's let's see. I'm going to message Yo, him. How did, the, how did the Tidy Cats meme start? Okay, so the Tidy Cats meme started... Uh, oh, I, I see him. I'll go get Seb Park and you, you explain Tidy Cats. Um, the Tidy Cats thing happened because on the show we were trying to make a... We were. I came up with the idea of maybe Hotline League could get a brand, a mainstream brand into esports. And yeah. we were trying to figure out what brand. And then I remembered that for some reason, I have no idea. I don't have a cat. Tidy uh-huh. cats has followed me on Twitter for years. They follow <laughs> like 800 people. And one of them is me. I've never tweeted them. I don't yeah. have a cat. 
And so we, we attempted to try to get tidy cats and then, oh. uh, and we all spam them or whatever. They never reacted. And now <laughs> anytime I have a sponsor, my fucking Twitch chat just goes crazy about tidy cats. It's very unproductive. I kind of regret doing it because it, it undermines some of the, um, you think there's overlap between crazy. cat owners and esport watchers? Yes, I do. I do. Mark has a cat, for instance, um, that I don't know if he'll be able to show on screen. It's somewhere around here. Um, he's looking for it. No, no cat right now, but he could show you. Uh, here it comes. Hey, oh. Nyoko, come here. It heard you? No, he just came running in the room because I think my girlfriend banged a pan and it scared him. Okay. Well, that's fortuitous timing. Well, the cat might yeah. show up soon. Uh, speaking of showing up soon, we got Seb Park, owner and operator. Well, not owner. Operator. I don't know what Definitely your role is. Definitely not to the owner, man. Okay. I, don't, I don't have <laughs> Reggie money or or Jack money or Steve money. I someday pay to after uh, after you make close. it to to finals, uh, world finals, and win for North America, they'll gift you the team as a thank you. <laughs> that that would be a great gift. Yeah. Hey, just but, when the value of our company is the highest, let's give it away for free. Let's get into the call. <laughs> uh, Seb, where are you calling from? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, man. Calling it's, it's a nice in, place out here. Calling in from Texas. There's a cat. Scared. Multiple cats on the screen right now. Um, so thank you for joining the show, Seb. Really appreciate it. Um, what, what, uh, and we could outline right now, what have you guys announced that you're able to talk about? I believe it is the departure of three players to Echo Fox and DeMonte joining the team. Yeah, we also, we also transferred Thubbin to Misfits. That's, oh, that's yes, that's right. Right. And, and that happened. Uh, our, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the the process. It's been a long off season so far, but the process in terms of getting approvals to talk about things officially is, you know, as you guys know, fraught with danger and very and cool. So there are some problems. things that I'm sure you are looking for other players, but unable to talk about them yet because the paperwork is is a little slow right now. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, but we're we're pretty much done though. That's that's the that's a good part. We'll, we'll, we're we pretty much wrapped up most of our process around the LCS side. Uh, the academy side is still going along. We're really happy with some of the guys we got. Yeah, and then uh, we're we're just gonna fill it out and hopefully get everything ready for training camp to start in a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. Sebastian, I actually have a question. So hey, what's up, man? Long time no talk, by the way. I yeah, long time no talk. Scouting grounds last year. Holy shit! It's been a while. I'll yeah. stop by LCS and if it's I know some of the players you have, so I would more than love to stop by and support your team. Um. So. I've been doing a lot of detective work, and one of the core part of detective work for roster speculation is following who's following who on Twitter. Um, do owners or players or coaches troll? I'm sure they know about it. Do they troll follow sometimes? And also, yeah, yeah. So I, I we had this problem last year where the Lyra Apollo Hako bit of our roster leaked um, er, too early. So I asked Daryl to just follow random people he was suggested to. Um, Daryl Mori, our GM on the basketball side, he just like started following random people on Twitter, which is amazing. So, so, uh, so there's just some misinformation going on from the team owners and team operators. Yeah, I think at some point he followed like Peter Zhang, for example, of um, TSM's academy head coach. Um, <laughs> like, started following. Um, I think he was following Froggen for a bit. A uh, couple other guys up here and there. I'm sure you guys saw them come through. Medios, I think we followed Darshan. Uh, he never followed me, Loco. Did he ever follow you? Who? Daryl Mori? Mori. No, yeah. I don't think so. I believe he follows me. Let me take a look. Let me see. Maybe he, he might Wait, have let unfollowed me. See me. Following. I can't find follows him. Follows Medios, Darshan. I don't see him following you, Travis. Well, rip. 
Um, part of your answer was that it is actually real because you were talking about how um, Hakuo, Apollo, and Lee are leaked because of the Twitter follows. Like, so how much should fans put weight into Twitter following? Oh, dude, they should put a ton of weight into it. You're kidding? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's actually, it's actually like low key the most important thing to do. We got it mostly from Shakarez actually back when he ran most of our scouting. He was just like, look. But these European guys, he told us, like especially the EU LCS or the LEC, I suppose now, they, they can't help themselves but to follow their players that they're going to sign. And so the moment they start having a conversation, boom, they start following Broken Blade. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just like watch that all day. Pretty well, great, actually. Well, let's talk about the stuff you can talk about. Uh, so you let 80% of your starting lineup uh, leave the team this offseason. Uh, maybe you can sort of explain what, what happened there and, and why you guys made such a, a big move. Yeah, that, that was sort of rough. I got to be honest with you. I actually like, I like Solo, Apollo, and Hakuo, and Febby a lot. Febby was sort of a, uh, a different situation from everything else. We talked to Fabian and said, hey, we can either build around you in North America, but if you feel really bad and you want to go back to Europe, we could make that happen as well. And, you know, I think, I think Loco and, and Mark both touched upon this with some of the Korean players, but it's also true for uh, players from Europe and other regions. Like when you come to the States, it's a huge culture shock. And these guys are like 20, 21 years old. I mean, Loco, you did it yourself. Like it's, it's just really hard to come out here and uh, engage everything and be happy, right? And, and I think at the end of the day, like happy players perform better. Mm-hmm. And so especially when they came to, to, to Fedovin, we were like, hey, do you want to stay in North America? Do you want to go back to Europe? He said his preference was to either play in Europe or play uh, with, with more people out in North America. And with some of the uncertainties surrounding some of his friends out here and some of the things that we were thinking, uh, when people reached out from Europe, it made it a no-brainer for us to reach out to them and um, give him a home with a team that he wants to play with. Yeah, I mean, especially for Febibin, I think before even coming to NA, like he looked down on made and made comments on European mid laners coming to NA. And also <laughs> in NA, I met him a few times in solo queue. I don't think everyone in NA really respects the solo queue, but Febibin went overboard. And yeah, he's, he... I feel like it was win-win for both you guys and Febby. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say the, I think one thing I want to clarify specifically with him was that, you know, he, the poor guy needs to play more of his games on his non, like his known accounts. I feel like every time he played on accounts that had his names attached to it, he would have a bad day. And then when he was playing on his other challenger accounts, he just like wouldn't do anything about it. And so it's sort of like a, the, the reverse of what you should do. You should be a dick. Or they shouldn't be a dick. But if you're going to be a dick anywhere, be a dick on the accounts. No one knows who you are, as opposed to the other way around. Um, so, by the way, you've announced 80% of the, the team leaving. Uh, are there more departures from the main roster? Uh, so, no. At this point, it's, it's, we're going to roll back the roster. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to being done. They're, uh, for the most part, like basically, so one way to think about... One way to think about the roster in general and the way we've been thinking about this offseason, because we got started with tryouts probably, and we had tryouts and we had in-house scrims starting probably the week after Gauntlet. So right after we got eliminated from Gauntlet, we started working towards next year. Um, the thing that we were trying to figure out was we had heard rumblings about what TL was doing. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, crap. Um, if TL is going to be that good, we're going to have to take on some like really high variance abilities and various things in order to get better. 
Um, cause we thought we were, we, you know, with, with proper coaching and with some improvement to our roster, we thought we were a, a pretty solid playoff team with one or two changes, but, uh, you know, we just never saw ourselves winning the LCS. And that to me was a huge problem. And it's something that like our ownership really talks a lot about again, like, I just, I just honestly do oftentimes do what they recommend and they, what they want and they want to win. Right. And so the question was like, Hey, how do we put together a roster that has a type of variance in order to beat up on teams like TL? Okay. And so that was sort of thinking behind it. And that's why we, uh, we're, we're definitely going to be bringing back Lyra. Um, I'm not sure if that's a leak or an announcement, but we're, we're really excited for him and, and what he can do next year. Um, so um without like i guess confirming or unconfirming some of the names that you guys had are that are like in the speculation are one of the old school korean players piglet huni and then lira you mentioned if these players are the players playing for your team like i don't think it's likely that you guys win lcs next next year in 2019 and i also don't think it's likely that these players give you guys some kind of long-term stability or a future to build on just like how teams can't challenge Golden State Warriors at the moment. If you're not in a position where you can't challenge TL, isn't it better to invest into younger NA talent than try to immediately compete with the best team out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, there, I think there's two parts of this, right? I, I think that's actually an interesting take because I completely agree with the idea of, hey, you should like, being, being aware of where you're at is probably the most important thing in all of esports. Right, like if you're not a, in, in Dota, for example, if you're not a TI bound team, there are a lot of other things you can work on to get better at it. Same thing with Counter Strike. If you're not a major bound team, it's sort of a rough place to be until you get to that point. Uh, the the balance that we're looking for though isn't to just punt the year. I think that's that'd be awful to do. It is not at least in the in our organization's blood. We're not going to trust any process. We're not going to just punt everything. And on top of that while other teams are like cutting costs around academy that's not our thinking our thinking was hey we need to take variants not with the old school that's actually not where our variants come from our mm -hmm. variants doesn't come from lira or any of the korean players but rather you can't roll back known na quantities right and so one of the big reasons why we just announced Demonte and we're really high on Demonte is because he has a lot of variants he Demonte can emerge to be a top na mid laner he's had one split of experience and we're really interested in him um, we've received multiple requests to talk, buyout offers for our, for, um, our academy support player, Vulcan, right? Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a great example of a player where, he, you know, he's, we drafted him in the academy scouting rounds last year. He's mm -hmm. played for a year in academy, um, had a couple of games on stage, just got his jitters out. And, and, you know, if he improves properly, it becomes a pretty good team. Uh, and then while we do that, we don't necessarily need to like be starting the, the rookies, right? We have a couple of really keen guys in our academy team right now um, who we're going to be announcing over the next few days that we found way back when. And we're really excited for them because we, we think that they're going to develop over the next couple of years or maybe next year and make an NA showing this coming year. But it's similar to like in how in the NFL, you see a lot of quarterbacks where rookie quarterbacks start right away and get just like raffle stomped. And they just completely lose their confidence and they can't play. So the idea, I think, of like developing talent is sort of a two-part process where you don't want to crush anyone's confidence. You want them to develop and play up against Academy and like really utilize that system before they come up to the LCS. Okay. <clears throat> Mark, thoughts? Uh, I didn't, I mean, Loco 
Oh. Kind of uh, threw down the gauntlet there. I don't think I have a good follow-up after that. I, I didn't think it was all a fair question. I thought it, No, I think it's a super fair question, right? Like, I, I think, honestly, it is the most fair question to ask of any roster, right? If you don't think... Like, let's put it this way, right? If you don't think you're going to be able to win anything, 100%, you should go the way of some of these teams, cut costs, go, like, get a couple of guys who do well streaming-wise, and you know, run Delta Fox back in the LCS. Like, that is certainly a decent take on roster building in this, in this mode if you want to do that. Um, it's, just not, it's just not what we wanted to do, and it's, it's not in our DNA. So we, we took the more, um, the variance approach, I guess, right? Like, it's, it's just one of, it's one of those things where I think, we don't think binary. It's not like you're going to win or we're going to lose. We just want to give ourselves a percentage chance. Uh, so much, I guess, how the ro- Rockets are run. It's like, the Warriors are great, but if you have like a 5% or 10% chance, um, you take that over to 0%. Yeah. Well, plus, you know, come international competition, like Worlds, a lot of your season can be forgiven if you do well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got I to be honest with you. I've been thinking about that a lot recently because we, we talk about this internally, what our goals are. And Mark, you know this pretty well because I know you guys had, the, I know TL had the goal of making Worlds for a number of years. That's what Steve told me years ago. And I'm glad he was finally able to do it. But I've always been really curious, like, I feel like it's sort of like how in European soccer or like the EPL, your goal should be to win the EPL and doing well at Champions League is like the cherry on top. I feel like winning NALCS is super underrated by fans and it's actually a really hard accomplishment. It's just, it's, there's only been three or four teams that have done it ever. Right. I mean, I agree with that. I guess uh, what I'd say is your goal is always to win, but like you were saying, that's not necessarily going to happen all the time. And like, it, I don't think it, you should just look at it as I won NALCS or I didn't because uh, there are other avenues. Like we had a great year. Like I think, you know, that sucks for people to like, that's their takeaway. But like having a good year that doesn't result in a championship is still a better year, a substantially better year than like you said, punting. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, Seb, a couple quick questions uh, just about the off season. <clears throat> Uh, before before you leave, and I'm sure we'll we'll have you on whenever you're able to talk more in the future about the rest of your roster. But uh, do you think what do you, what has off season been like behind the scenes? Because we only see you know ESPN articles and and rumors and all that stuff. But what's it been like for you, sort of running the gauntlet behind this? And and do you think it's a crazier off season than the past? Steve said it was. I don't know what's what's it been like. Well, okay. First of all, Steve gets a lock in his roster day one of free agency. I'm not sure he's allowed to say that. He had a crazy offseason. You got to chill with his. Well, roster. I think he was saying well, offseason overall was crazier, right? Like, oh uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think a couple of things that happened that probably fans don't realize as much is that, um, especially in North America, it happens the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> like honestly, like it sort of sucks. Our like video, our socials team, our like our, our front office staff, like everyone around is just straight up working through Thanksgiving. Like I'm, I've been in Houston. I haven't seen my family in a few weeks, right? Like it's, and that's true for a lot of people. So that's like the first thing that I think adds on to the stress. But the second thing I think is that this year was a little bit crazy because of EU and the rising dollar amounts that the people in Europe are throwing around. It basically shifted a lot of people's plans. Cause I think a lot of people were looking at European options and almost everyone struck out from what I can tell. Uh, among the people who are looking at European options. And so you often see people coming back to like these Korean options as they're like probably lower on their tier list relative to some of the European options. And that, that's like not their complete fault. But as a result, like 
free agency is still continuing. There are still teams, as we talk right now, that are still in free agency. Um, and whereas like this time last year, I think almost every roster was completely done. Do you, uh, so would you say that the EU, EU franchising succeeded in helping to kind of guard EU against North American imperialism as it were, when it comes to, uh, you know, taking EU players? Hey man, if that, if that was the point of EU's franchising process, then hundred <laughs> percent, like it's big, big, uh, it, it really helped them a lot, actually, in retaining talent over there. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think that uh, salaries overall in North America will go up this this year after the off season? That's that's a really good question. I think there are a lot of macro questions that we should be asking ourselves. Like, I, I'm Travis. I talked to you about this. I was, I'm so happy that you got the Alienware sponsorship. It's a really big deal. It locks you in for a good fiscal 2019. Because frankly, man, I think a lot of us are worried up and down esports, right? Because, uh, I mean, I think some people on this call have been around for a while, but especially some of these new guys who haven't been in esports long enough don't remember some of the like financial downturns that happened in the previous iterations. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm personally really worried for a lot of people. I do think that people should lock in, lock in what they can right now. Um, but yeah, I, I got to say, like, that that definitely worries me because if there is a downturn, then I think it affects everyone's salaries, not just players, but like staff, coaches, you, me, Mark, even Loco. Yeah, I mean, because no way, dude. I bring this up is because Optic uh, was publicly talking about just sort of the the expensive uh, costs of running and how they felt like they underestimated how expensive certain players were going to be and stuff in this off season. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for Optic. I really don't understand that. I th- we thought prices were right where we thought they'd be, which was about like 10 to 15%. There's probably going to be a, like one of the things I do think I see happening, and I'd love to get Mark and Loco's take on this, is that it seems as though there, there is an elimination of the League of Legends middle class, right? I'm seeing a lot of salaries. There's like a lot of teams who are like signing guys like Froggen or some of these bigger stars for large dollar amounts. And then there are a lot of people signing guys at like near the minimum. And the, the guys who are like your middle-class guys who are really serviceable and really good players are getting like pushed out of the market. I'm curious what you guys are seeing out there. Well, because roster building works in a, where your first player, right? The first player you sign is like the least likely to sign. And you have to spend a lot of money to get a big piece down. And that's where the teams are most willing. Okay, we'll start with like a Bjergsen signing. We'll start with like an Aframu signing. And then they throw down the big money. And then once you have a Bjergsen or an Aframu, you can go to your next players and be like, come play for our team. We have a Bjergsen. We have an Aframu. And their price goes down substantially. And then the people that are signing fourth or fifth, their options get very, very little. So, for example, um, I think someone like Flame was talking to a lot of teams and he had a lot of options but his options closed down really quickly and with your options closing down your salary also closes down really quickly i think it's a little bit of timing thing also more so than just a middle class being gone uh with regards to how it is this year i actually don't have any unique behind the scenes information i haven't been talking to many players uh recently about any deals they're signing so i wouldn't know about a shrinking middle class though it makes a fair amount of sense if that is happening I mean, given the the document where we're seeing certain players who are like announced, like Flame probably would exist in the mean, in the middle class, and uh, like Rainover, and I don't know, but possibly like Darshan. Like there are a lot of these players who we're hearing are just like not getting signed. Cody Sun, 
as an example of that, who said he's not going to be starting an LCS split. Um, no. So I think I think it's an interesting point you made and, and one that I hadn't really thought about, Seb. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super interesting because I think that one of the reported benefits, right, of one of the reported benefits of uh, collective bargaining and the, the systems we have in the NBA or Major League Baseball is that it actually like increases the amount of, it actually decreases the amount of money the stars make and increases the amount of money that everyone else makes. And that's sort of the trade-off. Like LeBron, if he was in a free market, would make like $100 million a year. Yeah. But he doesn't. And so that money is now like distributed off to the players. And I think that's something that might be something worth doing because it's like, like actually, you know, realistically, I don't have a horse in the race in that like I will operate with whatever rule set's given to me because that's my job. But it does seem interesting because I, I see a lot of these guys. I'm like, man, these guys are really good. And like some of these guys are going to have a shot. But there's a, there's a kid turning 17 or 16 or 18 or whatever the age limit is or whatever region every year. And they've been playing League of Legends since they were seven. <laughs> They're mechanically amazing. And they've learned they've, and the, the skill creep is happening. And it's just really hard, I think, for people to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Seb, thank old, you so much. Uh, oh, Loco, go ahead. Bart. Yeah, the old school players that are like middling and that are not on a superstar level um, are having harder time finding teams. Like from Jacob Wolf's report saying like Hunter had a hard time finding team. I know it was late in the offseason, but that tells you a lot. Like from optics perspective, the fact that they would rather develop Dokla than spend money on Hunter in a way sounds crazy, but also makes sense. So I definitely get what you mean regarding the middle class disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, and and one last thing for Travis, because you guys are all doing a good job out here. I think the, the craziest thing about this offseason is just how early it starts for teams that don't make Worlds and like how late it ends for people who don't sign players immediately. Yeah, I think I just, I didn't realize it personally. I mean, I think Mark, probably, you probably have the experience with this, um, but like it's crazy just how early offseason starts, right? We, we started literally four days after Gauntlet ended, which sucked that Gauntlet ends, but like, just, there's no time. <laughs> you just got yeah. Yeah, on the horse right away. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we, uh, the funniest thing was the year that we got Piglet. We did Keith Mc, this is such a funny story, actually the year that we got Piglet, we also ended up getting Keith as a sub, but way before we knew we were getting Piglet because you know, the world championships were going on and Koreans, I don't think the Korean, uh, finals had happened yet. So I don't think SKT knew they weren't making it. Either way, we did a tryout with uh, Keith McBrief because we were evaluating the AD carry position. And we were like, what the fuck are we doing scrimming with Keith McBrief in, in like August when the next year starts in five months? Like, what are we doing? And then it turned out we actually signed him as a backup sub when Piglet's visas got held up a little bit and we played a lot of games with him and it was actually fantastic. But at the time, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe we're already scrimming tryouts with Keith McBrief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Uh, man, Keith was used to stomp pubs all the time. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Seb, for, for calling in. Hopefully we can have you back whenever some more of the paperwork is cleared. But appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, man. Yeah, give me a few days. We'll, we'll have announcements coming through the pipeline. Very good. Hey, thanks, man. Have a good one. Peace. Yeah. See you. All right. We, uh, we now can move on. We've got uh, a little bit over 45 minutes here. We've got a lot of callers to go. So, Mark, if uh, you want to run off. Yeah, I'll tell all the callers too that we gotta skip right along. Yeah, so no like three three minute long opening arguments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, shouting out some some names. We got uh, Rappel. Thank you for three months. Vanagrant, two months. Uh, Tix Timixer, 
Uh, disregard with the Twitch Prime Rappel for six. Uh, or Rappel gives us up to XX Hayes, who is experiencing six months. Thank you. Uh, Harry Houdini, two months. Uh, RNL003, two months. Uh, Seb, who gifted 10. Mr. Chips, uh, thank you for the Prime. Uh, Stahil gifted one to DeMonte. And Strive is here. Strive, welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? Where, where are you calling from? You've been on the show before, I believe. Yeah, so I'm calling from Fort Myers, uh, Florida. And the last time I called, Parth like roasted the guy in front of me, so I was all nervous <laughs> to get my right. Well, we got Loco here, so hopefully uh, you don't get any any flame. Um, I'm knife. What do you what do you want to talk on the show uh, uh, about on the show tonight, Stripe? I want to defend my boy TSM Greg, and I think he's going to have an outstanding season if he does get signed. And I think TSM should keep uh, Greg on the roster because as of right now. There's not really an available resident jungler that would be an upgrade uh, compared to someone who's played with both uh, carry lanes for uh, an entire split. And uh, he's just a very vocal guy, knows the game a lot, number one on the ladder. And I think uh, Greg's actually the way to go for TSM as much as the uh, subreddit would disagree. All right. Well, uh, I'm excited because we later on have a caller uh, who says that keeping Greg is a bad move. So maybe we can grab uh, Ember's next mark. But um, uh, I didn't know. No, no, no. It's OK. I, I pulled him because we were we need some people from the sub chat. But um, Strive. So Strive says that uh, Greg is great. The, the Twitch chat is spamming. Hang up. A couple of people with the, the yes emotes. Uh, Loco and Mark, what do you think about TSM keeping Greg? Are you going to so, make him write, it, write an essay? Just say yes or no to that, Loco. Well, I agree with Greg staying, but there has to be context for everything. So I think we should talk a little bit about the context. Yeah. Okay. So in off-season, like off-season is world of dreams for a lot of teams. It's where teams that lost can upgrade in crucial positions. It's where teams that won can even become super teams and get more players that are even better, like TL did. So everyone wants like their team to have like a dream off season and the expectations get crazy high. I think TSM killed it with the four positions they signed. And for jungle, they have to be realistic. Like the reality is they need an NA jungler and FlyQuest is not going to give up Centaurin. CLG is not going to give up Wiggly. So the options they have left are Meteos, Grig, Acadian. And I know there's a lot of talks about Dardoch from Echo Fox. That is something that's potentially possible, but it's not something likely. So between the three, I think Meteos isn't going to be a great fit. So it com- really comes down to Grig and Acadian. And last year's Grig performance, I think, had a lot to do with how much Hunter was struggling and how much bot lane was struggling early game. So he has two lanes that are constantly getting pushed in. And also, whenever Mitty is on a team, Mitty will that team will play Mitty style of League of Legends. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. But that team is going to play how Mitty wants to play in a certain manner so taking mitty away from the team it opens up Grig to do more and have more of a voice and also with smoothie i think bot lane is going to be winning a lot more and with broken blade bot lane is going to be winning a lot more too so with all the context i do think Grig is actually completely fine going into next split i would love to see them pick up dardock as a sub or maybe acadian as a sub and run the six man rosters but i don't disagree with you at all I think from a domestic perspective, I agree with most of what you're saying. Like, they had a really rough uh, year last year. They did swap Mike Young for Grig, and the team improved, but not enough to like fix all the other problems that they had. And if 
smoothie works out and if broken blade works out then this will be like griggs kind of fair shot at, at like saying he deserves this but i can understand where some fans are coming from we're like okay but looking at the international stage are we confident with Grig? and i think there's still a lot of question marks around him so i can understand why people wanted another more proven upgrade in some ways because i think tsm fans always set their expectations really high it's not just doing well domestically it's about international and, and there's still a lot of question marks there so i can see why people want more but i i do agree with loco that like there were so many other problems on tsm last year that he should get a chance with this roster without it having other dysfunctional parts yeah tsm needs to curb their expectation as a team and as a fan base. I love TSM and TSM is still the team I support the most, but TSM fucked up Hella in 2018. And instead of trying to be the top dog again, like start from scratch and make achievable goals. Let's do well in spring regular season and then let's do well in spring spring playoffs and let's like do it step by step. Like you don't need to look at winning worlds or doing well internationally right now. You need to start doing well in international. You need to start doing well in NA first. You need to start toppling TL first before like you make claims of international success and I think doing things step by step is going to give TSM a better result I don't mean TSM can't make worlds I don't mean they shouldn't have dreams about worlds but they need to look a little bit closer right now before looking so far ahead Uh, Loco if TSM could get Acadian or well, hang on, let's let's save that for the next uh, caller. Okay, okay. Burst because he uh, he or she was talking about how there weren't that many other options. Um, okay. Stri- Strive. Any final thoughts on the way out? I was just gonna say that there's a few episodes of TSM Legends where they would go back, and uh, you know, there's obviously very limited. Um, but I like that Greg would speak up against Bjergsen, would speak up against Ben in certain situations where he thought he was right, and. You never really see that from TSM junglers in the past. They're usually just all quiet. Yeah. And Greg just gave his opinion, and I really like that about him. I think it's going to work out better when he has a stronger stronger team. Appreciate it. Thank you, Strive. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Um, all right. Uh, off to grab Embers right now is, is where Mark's going. Uh, thank you to Tudalu or Tudalal, uh, Granddaddy25, TSM Reginald for gifting 69 subs. Again, thank you. Reginald, uh, Savior Seth, thank you for the Twitch Prime. Anonymous gifted a sub to Wardism. Somebody gifted anonymously. Defaint Smile. Vandy's Grants, who gifted a sub to Acadian. I don't know if Acadian's on the Twitch chat, but that might make this interesting. And uh, we are joined right now by Embers, who has a different take on the situation. Hopefully they unmute their mic. Uh, but Embers, where are you calling from? Em- Embers. It was working from? a second ago, I swear to God. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh hello. Hi. Uh, I think TSM Greer is a bad move, but at the same time, TSM ha- doesn't have a better option. Where are you? Because, where are you calling from? Uh, North Jersey. North Jersey. Okay. So you think they don't have a better option? Yeah, but the thing is, is it's going to stick TSM in the same middling position as they are this year. Uh, why? Why do you think it's a bad move? Because yesterday, Logo had Weldon come in on his stream. And Weldon mentioned that Grig was overtaken by Mizzy's voice while in like game, and we saw that C9 replaced replaced Moody because he was doing a similar thing. Oh. So Mithy is a European legend. He won EU LCS multiple times. Probably one of the most well-respected player on in Europe. 
where Smoothie is a little bit younger and a little bit moldable, I personally work with Smoothie. Smoothie had very strong opinions when I told him why. I told him to believe me and you should change things in this way. Smoothie was actually able to change and actually able to listen. I think C9 replaced Smoothie with Zazel because they were there was an immediate switch they could make where it would help them and Zazel would be more flexible. I think Smoothie on a team with a great coaching staff like Tony and Parse and Lustboy, Smoothie will listen to the coaching staff, allow Greg to have a voice, and I don't think Smoothie is going to drown out Greg in terms of him having his actual voice. As the previous caller said, Greg is someone that does speak up, and I think Smoothie will not have the same kind of imposing effect that Mithy has had on Greg. Uh, I see where you're coming from, though, Embers, where like, I think anytime you change up a lot of a roster, there's concerns about how the voices work together. So I, I still see that part a little bit. Um, and this is where I was going with Loco was even if you keep Grig as somewhat of the control, like you heard Seb kind of talking about with variability, would you be interested in grabbing this Meteos that I think a lot of people think is not a good culture fit, but at least seeing if that's true or Dardock or one of these other options in Acadian or something and, and having uh, two junglers and seeing which one ends up working better. I think two junglers would probably be the best option because with Dardock and Meteos and like those two especially, it seems like there's like a an issue because Meteos has mentioned TSM isn't a isn't how he wants to play and he'd probably never go there. And we saw Dardock like left CLG when he was working with Ziggs before and stuff, but like having like Grig under like a more veteran person would probably work better. But I that's like overall like one of the problems that it has because by picking up Broken Blade, they're stuck to native native junglers where most of the really good ones were sucked up quickly to make strong NA corps. Mm-hmm. What would you want, Luca? Would you want to to pick up another jungler or just bet on bet on Grig? I think Dardock is the only jungler with high enough upside where I would want a secondary jungler. I think Acadian Grig, while likely isn't that great? Acadian's ceiling isn't as anywhere near high as Dardoch. And I think if it's going to be Acadian, I would be perfectly fine with just Grig. But yeah, either just Grig or great Dardoch. Why, yeah. why did you guys say uh, that, or Loco, you said that you felt like Dardoch wasn't going to happen. He's just not an option. Why, why okay. not start him? Well, I mean, why I said it's not going to happen is Lena said, no, we're not um, looking at Dardock or like, no, Dardock confirmed is untrue. I forget the exact where yeah, she yeah. said no, but Lena has never trolled TSM subreddit. Lena's done, Lena's, whenever Lena says something on TSM subreddit, it's been just the truth and it's been to make sure TSM subreddit doesn't go crazy theorizing about something. She shut down. Sure. Um, why do you think it is? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Do you have any expe- uh, speculation or guesses as to why they are just like not interested in having him start? Well, previously, Dardock used to work with Tony on CLG, and they ended up using Omar God over Dardock. So, so I'm not sure. If, yeah. I'm not sure if Tony personally clashed with Dardock, but Tony definitely has a voice on CLG, so he did make some of the choice. And also, TSM values. Um, in some ways, like being in line and putting the team first, and Dardock has been a very um, chaotic factor. Yeah, I mean, as as much as you can say TSM has had large personalities over their careers, like I think it, it would be hard to outright call some of them as a, like over the top in the arguments as as we've seen Dardock can get. Like 
I've, I've heard Bjergsen can be super, super argumentative as well, but I don't think it, it's really the same thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. I think they want to avoid that stuff, yeah. Thank you so much, Embers. We don't have too much time, but any final thoughts here? Uh, no, I basically said my point. Okay. Thank you for your call. Have a good one. Um, Mark is off to grab the next person. Uh, all right. Admiral Long Dong Silver. Thank you for the two months. My F. Thank you for the tier one. Uh, Hoder Tin. Thank you for the four months. Small Lung. Two months. Uh, Dirty Purrier. Sh- uh, Shelf All Owl. Slicky McDougals for four. NDC89 and Josetti. We're joined right now by 2324. Is that how it's supposed to be said? Uh, just, uh, yeah. 2,324. It's whatever. 2,324. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where are you calling from? Uh, uh, Texas. Okay. And do you have, is that Zuko in your profile? Uh, that is not Zuko. Okay. Well, I can't. There's a lot of anime characters. What, what do you want to <laughs> talk about? Well, I think Piglet is uh, not washed up. I think he's actually going to be one of the best AD carries. Uh, he's going to be one of the best AD carries. Okay. How, where would you rank him? Top three, top two, top four, top five? Like, top three. Top Cause he got three. Because you got double lift, you got bang. Like, yeah. Okay, you don't put Sneakier's Ven up there? I mean, Sven last year wasn't that great. Okay. Even though he was ranked very highly. Okay. And, and Sneaky? And, oh, fuck. What? Sneaky and Lane? <laughs> okay, you're just... Okay. <laughs> Wow. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Oh, he, he beat on beat up Kramer in Tucson. Yeah. I didn't see Piglet do that. Just hang up on me, please. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, I think never. I think you actually bring up a really fair point, and because me and Mark both work with Piglet, I hope he can shine. Um, hopefully, some accurate light on this. Yeah. I think there is a chance that Piglet is actually the third best AD, like two, three, two, four mentioned, and I think there's also a chance that Piglet isn't. One thing, Piglet is is he's very dominant in lane and he knows the matchups very well and he plays aggressive and he's an on-stage player but the problem is one thing piglet is not is flexible regardless of the lane being about maybe utility 80s about 80 sacrificing and playing more towards top side or 80s not getting jungle help or whatever it might be piglet is someone that will not be flexible and that's been very set on his mindset and how he thinks their game should be played since Mark started coaching it, since I coached him, and since still to this day. So I think if the meta is in line for what Piglet wants, I think Piglet will be a great AD carry. But if the meta isn't in line, then Piglet is going to struggle to adapt and is going to struggle to being top being played towards. Yeah, so... Loco, you assume Huni based off the fact that it was reported by Jacob Wolf, right? Yeah, all Jacob Wolf is 99% truth. Yeah, so let's say Huni and Piglet are together. I think that's a pretty terrible team uh, with like resource allocation in game because both those players love being played around and expect it. Uh, so that's like a, a, a problem I see happening with that roster. But with Piglet in particular, I don't I've never doubted his like skill. I think he's he's incredible even now, like in terms of his actual mechanics and like Loco said, lane dominance. The problem is like he only plays the game in a lane dominant way. Like I've almost never seen Piglet do what Reckless will do or Sven where they're like, the game's not about me right now. I'm going to wait for something else to happen. Like that's not how he approaches the game. And so like if you like when you take Piglet on your team, you basically have to be all inning on Piglet, I think. Um, And 
I don't know if he's that player anymore. I still think he has the mechanics, but like kind of similar to what we were saying with Froggen, like it's not the mechanics that are holding him back at this point. Yeah. What I was going to ask you guys, why do you think it is that we haven't seen Piglet in the NALCS in a while? Well, so last year, Piglet was talking about, I had a chance to go to a Korean team. I was led on. I thought I would be on a Korean team, and I didn't get on a Korean team, and this one person ruined my career. So he was trying to go to a Korean team, and it seemed like something happened last minute where he didn't land a Korean team. So he didn't get a fair shot at looking at NALCS. And also, um, Piglet last year on TL was not the... It, it, was, it, it didn't buy him a lot of confidence. I think... Other NA ADs. Yeah, I think with how import rules are, the last year would be hard to justify, even if he didn't have these kind of problems with getting screwed over. Like, I think a lot of teams might have taken a pass on him in an import slot, but since he cooked for a year in Academy and he doesn't take up an import slot anymore, I actually think that makes him pretty attractive to take at least a pass on. Like, the, I would definitely give Piglet, if I was a team that didn't have other firepower from other, like, stuff, I would definitely take a, a attempt on Piglet. And I think that's yeah. what uh, Seb was kind of hinting at, though he couldn't confirm it, about the variability of this team. Like, we're saying Hooney and Piglet won't work together because they both want resources. But if somehow they do and they both play well, like, holy shit, this could be a scary lineup. I, I just don't see it happening because no, in, in the history of Piglet, <laughs> in the history yeah. of Hooney, they haven't done that. Actually, Hooney has done that briefly when he was on SKT. But on Echo Fox, I think he relapsed even hard, harder. Yeah. And they're both coming off like a down year. I think these two players are actually not going to be less cocky but they're going to be more cocky off of what happened last year oh they're i think both their mindset is my teammates are shit i didn't get enough of a chance like this year i'm going to do things my my way i feel like both players will have that kind of mindset yeah yeah and so like i i can understand why a team this year might have taken a, another pass at piglet instead of last year but it's still <laughs> this is a interesting roster what are the chances that 2324 is going to be correct and that piglet will be a top three na adc next year if the meta is good for it, and if Huni somehow learns to play tanks, then it is a possibility. What he's saying isn't likely, but it is definitely possible. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like it's a ninety percent chance that this whole roster sucks. So like, no matter how good these players actually are individually, like the, the play style just doesn't work. And in the ten percent where they make the play style work, a lot of these players look really good. Kelby's in the chat. Um, can't be on Who the cares? show, but you can be in the chat. Two, three, two, four. Any final thoughts? I know, I know you. Uh... We yeah, sorry. I'm just a little nervous, you know. First you're, time on. You're doing great, and I really appreciate the call because it was something I hadn't really thought to bring up. But any, any final thoughts? Uh, well, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Blazing Legend EX, and I'm done. Bye. Very good. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, he left. Normally, I have to move them. He he left on his own. I, I love that guy. He's he's uh, one of my favorite callers we've ever had. He comes up with a topic pretty interesting yeah we talk about it he says thank you and goodbye yeah, yeah. and and suggest that we hang up on him i've never had so a caller suggest that i think he... he read twitch chat twitch chat was going hard on him yeah, yeah that that's take. true that was that guy's amazing um i think for people coming on like it is like really nervous like because we get criticized day to day and we're public figures that's used to the criticism for like other people like coming on like getting criticized by like five thousand people like hang up hang up hang up oh yeah. this guy sounds like an idiot like it's not easy at all yeah, yeah, I don't sure. mind the the hang. This is what I will say while we're on it. I don't mind the hang up spam because that that email is there for people who have like hot takes or want to say something like Piglet's going to be top three. I think that's fine. When people try to make like personal attacks, like oh this guy sounds like an idiot, or that's when I want the mods to go in, or whenever people are taking personal attacks on people. But the yeah. the hang up stuff is kind of fun. Uh, let's move on because I know we've got a lot to go through in the next uh, half an hour. 
So uh do you want to shout out to uh NDC eighty nine, Josetti, Kyle zero eight zero eight who returned. He said he was gonna be gone, gifted a sub. TSM Reginald, who gifted five subs after chat spam TSM and then gifted another five after that happened. Uh so he's really excited about the TSM spam. Robotic 320 with the Twitch Prime, Kyle0808, who gifted another five, and then for the win 2G. We have Max Mofo on the show. Massive Legend is here. He has a different name for me. Does you different name for you, Mark? Do you not know who Massive Legend slash Max Mofo is? I don't. Well, that just shows how disconnected you are from the YouTube community. That's fair. Max Mofo. I apologize. (laughs) What is your what is your your YouTube account? Uh, youtube.com slash maxmoth. Okay. Well, I apologize for, for being disconnected. Uh, <laughs> he only has like, I don't know, what do you, what do you have? Five million subs now? Uh, no, like two million, mate. Don't worry about it. Two, uh, two million, mate. Okay. Jesus. Well, uh, let's collab because I love your stuff. And I think that a collab <laughs> between your channel and mine would be incredible. Um, what do you want to talk I about know, on the show? And do you use this microphone whenever you make YouTube videos? No, no, no. Um, not this microphone. Um, I want to talk about uh, Lost, who played for Equifox in the summer split, mm-hmm. and tie that into um, the idea of should fans be loyal to players or to teams? Mm-hmm. So what? So what? Your sorry, your first one was who about uh, Lost? What do we think of Lost? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Well, what do you think of Lost? We want to hear your thoughts. Well, watching him play in the OPL, I thought it was pretty good, and I was really excited for him when he came over to North America. Um, and then his debut, his debut game against FlyQuest, I think, he performed really well. But then he's been kind of on and off, and Equifox as a team hasn't been playing very well. So I just really want to see him perform, and hopefully on an LCS team, because I think Optic's the only thing left. I think uh, I liked Lost. I thought he was pretty good, and I liked what I heard from his attitude and stuff. I just think it's really hard in North America to justify him, the same way I was saying with Piglet in, in the previous caller, like, if you're taking up an import slot, you need to be like one of the team's focal points. And I don't think he's quite good enough to get an import slot uh, usage. Loco? Uh, it's actually being harder and harder to play in NA because we're getting more and more money and we're getting to sign higher and higher um, like level talent import-wise. So also there's been so many people naturalized like there's like four mids that are naturalized right now, like Huhi, uh, Phoenix in the future, oh, Bjergsen, Jensen's going to be naturalized, Keenith naturalized. Like, it's, been, it's really, really hard to play in NA, and it's going to be even harder in a year, and it's going to be harder in two years. So I thought Lost was someone that has potential and that can develop, but for you to be an import and for you to develop and be on a team, you have to be like someone like Broken Blade level. So, I don't think Lost has a future in NA. Even though he's got that connection with Dokla, who played in the OPL as well. For Optic? Yeah. Yeah, but but Dokla isn't an import slot. He played in the OPL, but he was imported into the OPL, not declared an OPL resident. You know, they've got a they've got like a friendship maybe type thing going. Yeah, but synergy you're saying, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying now. I think. Maybe I, I'm not saying like there's a zero percent chance Lost ends up on a team this year. I just think to a Loco's point, like the likelihood he, he stays like in North America for his careers is pretty low. 
So Optic wants to be flexible. Optic, what they want to do is have pieces that can grow and be flexible. Lost isn't a very flexible piece because he is an import. Where for rest of Optic, right? Dokla and Big, if they grow and they become better, those are flexible pieces that Optic can build around. But for Lost, if even if Lost gets better, right? If they're struggling in jungle and mid, they're going to need to import on that slot. And generally, NA has not imported AD carries as heavily. Yeah. Especially like with Cody floating around, like I don't know why Cody isn't an option for Optic because you know Cody tweeted that he's probably not going to get an LCS team, which makes me think they've already have an option. But if that's the case, and then I'm Optic, I'm like, go play on Academy for me then, or like something like that. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on someone like Lost if he's the starter or something. And then like like Loco's saying, eventually you might find other options you prefer. Mark, we lost your webcam. <clears throat> um... That's fine. Well, can you if if you can fix? Thank you. Um, so so first off, is that is that fair? Um, Massive legend. Yeah, I reckon that's fair. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Oh, and, can yeah. I ask you a question, Massive Legend? Do you know any of the upcoming NAADs in um, NA? Like you know, like Ricardo Cody. Do you know anyone below that level? Like maybe like Prismal. Oh, like uh, yeah, Prismal. Uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, oh, starts with an F. I can't remember. Right? I also, there's like people like Jurassic, right? So like these oh, players, the JGS, right? Yeah. Yeah, these players, um, they're not like that far off from loss, right? And if these players end up being like star level or even functionally good NA ADC level, they're much better best than they are for compared to Lost. All right, and then for the fan team loyalty, I just like to touch on real quick, um. The whole Equifox debacle, you know, I stuck through like as a fan uh, to the team during all that. But now with them bringing on like Apollo, Hakko, well, apparently, um, I'm kind of as a fan, I'm like, eh, I'm, <laughs> I don't really like these players, not really invested in them. Should I follow the players I like or should I stick to the team? This is a you question should... that comes up frequently on the show. And you should always do where your heart takes you, in my mind. Like, it is on the teams to build a brand and to do something that can, can can persist past the players leaving. If a team fails to do something and make a compelling argument for why you should be a fan of the team, um, then they are not doing themselves any favors. So mm-hmm. I think you should go like if you if you don't care about the org after the players are gone, then why root for that org? Yeah, I mean, for esports, right? Um, even orgs change identity a lot. Like CLG as an org changed their identity so much. Like you shouldn't, you don't need to torture yourself into being a t- fan of a certain team, nor should you torture yourself into being a fan of a certain player. Like you should do what makes you happy. You should do what makes you enjoyable. Like generally, if you like supporting a winning team, be a bandwagon fan and support teams that win. If that's what makes you happy and that's what keeps you watching League of Legends, do that. If you really love Double Lift and you want to follow Double Lift from CLG to TSM to Team Liquid follow double lift. You should do what makes you happy. Like you don't need like there isn't a morality to you need to be a fan of this team for this way. It's something people say to be superior. I've been a TSM fan since 2012. Like you guys are all bandwagon. Like I promise you, any everyone on TSM appreciates any kind of fan. Like be a fan of what you want to be a fan of. Yeah, I think I I pretty much agree because unlike traditional sports where you can maybe make the argument a little bit more, like you're not born into one of these teams to follow. Like I grew up in Boston. I have to like these teams for the most part. 
and then maybe you have like a second team that you root for that's not quite your main team in 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 the esports world like just pick whoever you want it it really doesn't matter if if you like that the um clutch gaming likes to use analytics and talk about that kind of stuff and whatever else they they use like great whatever uh if you do end up being a fan of an org then you're a fan of the org and you don't owe them anything and you know if if, if you if they lose your fandom then you know that's fine Hey, Massive Legend, thank you so much for the call. Sorry, I was uh, not familiar work with your work before, but I am now, and I'd, I'd love to work with you. So good in that. All right, see you guys. Have a good one. He's never going to work with me. Um, all right. <laughs> also, I, I'm like 99% sure that's not actually Max Mofo. That was just an Australian guy who probably likes Max Mofo. Okay. Well, we'll never know, unless his Twitter account, or unless his YouTube account makes a comment on one of my videos and, and promotes the it. The closest thing I've seen from those two worlds colliding is... Uh, iDubs follows Disguise Toast, and one point YouTube banned Disguise Toast's second channel because it was impersonating Disguise Toast. Yeah, I do like that. And, and iDubs tweeted and was like, "What the fuck is this shit, YouTube?" Wait, there, there, there is a, even a stronger connection for iDubs. Um. Oh yeah, his his girlfriend, right? Yeah, iDubs' girlfriend used to date a League of Legends player, so there is a connection through that also. Yeah. Robotic three twenty, thank you for the Twitch Prime. Uh, for the win, two G. Thank you for the prime. Coco Sanchez, nine months, nine months. Could have had a baby. Uh, Raymond, up four. Thank you for the two months. Um, by the way, uh, Broden and I, really quickly, I'll just say this. Uh, Broden and I are going to do a video later on in the uh, in December. We're going to be opening a bunch of stuff that you guys send us. We're also going to be doing a giveaway for Alienware stuff. If you want to send us anything that will be featured in the video, it can be a troll gift. It can be whatever uh, exclamation mark PO box in the chat. And I will try to remember to put the PO box address into the description. I'm Chippy is here. I'm Chippy. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Tempe, Arizona, Tempe, Arizona. Okay. So not too far away uh, from us. How is Tempe, Arizona? Uh, Pretty cold, actually. Usually hot, but pretty cold now, which is nice. Well, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to talk about CLG's roster and their, I guess their last uh, player they need to pick up, which is their top laner. Assuming that um, that Wiggly or Rainover stay, um, and their top lane options are getting really low. They have Flame, and then they can import an EU or Korean, which I don't assume they're going to import any Koreans. So EU, they got Odo and Vizichachi. And then they can keep Darshan too. Mm-hmm. And basically wanted to say like, um, when they pick their top laner, I feel like they need to pick somebody that's going to be a big vocal point on their team because it feels like the rest of their team is very uh, quiet and gets kind of led. Is there anyone you would like to see picked up specifically? I think Flame's the most optimal choice. And like Loco mentioned before, um about developing talent and stuff but i don't feel like there's anyone that's worth picking up if they're going to be developing wiggly this split so they i feel like they need a solid player in the top lane if they're going to go with wiggly i think uh just chime in here before we get into the top lane discussion i don't think i agree about the lack of a voice on this team Mm. i I think uh biofrost stepped up and like uh tried to lead the team at different points more so and i think he did from what it sounds like a decent job and wiggly uh from everything i've heard about him he's actually a very vocal player 
uh, about what he wants done and a little bit of a rager, like, you know, the way a lot of vocal players tend to be. But I think he will have an early game plan that he wants to do. Uh, and POE is a decent laner. I think their bot lane's decent. If they get a decent top laner, I actually think, you know, this team doesn't look too bad. And I do understand there's a little bit of concern about the synergy and how it all works, but I don't think there's going to be a lack of opinions or direction on this team about ways to play the game. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Mark actually completely. And I also, in a sense, agree with I'm Chippy because in 2018, they didn't have a voice since Biofrost was developing and their jungler was Rainover. But in 2019, as Mark said, Biofrost developed into more of a shot caller and Wiggly is definitely going to be a vocal part. I actually agree with you that Flame is probably their best pickup and their mostly most likely pickup. And I do want to see them upgrade from Darshan. They're in a position where they are probably a piece or two away from competing for third. And it's super important to compete for third and go to Worlds. Like, if you're in a position where you're competing for fourth and fifth, it's not that important to upgrade and it's better to develop. But CLG overall, like by getting power people and by their bot lane developing and by having a jungler that they can move up and be competitive, like they are in close contention for third. So I do think it is important for them to upgrade and I would love to see them pick up Flame. Would you, Loco, have any concerns about Flame? Like, unless I, I don't know if Flame's English has improved, but for a while it wasn't great. Like, the rest of this team doesn't really have any Korean infrastructure. They have no Korean coaches. They have no other Korean players. Would you at all be concerned about Flame's integration then? Okay, a little bit of a leak. So, um, the potential coach that CLG might pick up for strategy is Korean. So, they okay. might get a Korean coach. Um, and that's going to help. It's not me for it's, people. That it's are not concerned. LS. Yeah, it's, Everyone's yeah. been spamming LS in my, my streams already saying LS, CLG LS. Let's, I'm well, not LS speaks Korean, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. yeah. But Loco said he is Korean and I don't think LS is Korean. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so, yeah. um, anyways, also it's not just about speaking Korean. It's about knowing like the culture. culture. Yeah. 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 It's very different. Like, and uh, Koreans tend to gravitate Koreans. Like, here, I'll give you an example. If you go to UCLA or UC Berkeley, almost all the Koreans hang out with other Koreans. Like all my high school Korean friends that went to UCLA had their own Korean group and they mostly hung out with Koreans. Koreans are very nationalistic and they like sticking and staying with other Koreans. So yeah, I mean, you know, like someone said this a long time ago, whenever you bring up, whenever you bring a Korean player to NA, make sure you bring another Korean player or you have a Korean coach. It's like a puppy thing. Remember, you, if you get one puppy, the puppy is lonely. But if you get two puppies, the puppies play with each other and they get along and they flourish better. Like, I someone said this, and I do think it is so true. Like, Koreans function much better when there are multiple Koreans. I don't think it's just a Korean thing. I think that's just like a human nature thing. Like, if you're alone and people don't really get you, it kind of sucks. Uh, uh, on that point, that's why I would prefer some of those European options. But I think those are, are much un- more unlikely to happen. A uh, couple things here. One is, I thought uh, Koreans love Weldon. What? That's a joke. Um, <laughs> secondly, because he pissed off all of Korea. Um, oh. Secondly, uh, I is is Flame still an option? You think? Because he did tweet that he was like, even if I have to leave NA or something, it made it sound like he was not sticking around. And a lot of people feel like he's out. He never um, said he wasn't wasn't staying, no. All right. As someone that talks to Flame on a daily basis, he is still an option, and he's going to make a decision. Uh, the other thing I'll add, just because I feel like we've kind of overlooked it a little bit, is like Flame has lived in North America for a long time, so he's not quite 
the like fresh import who's going to get completely cultured shocked by North America. But I still think you you're going to need someone to help. I would love to see Flame on on CLG. I think he's also a really good brand fit uh, for that team. I think he'd play really well towards like the CLG brand, which I tend to think of as the the good the good old boys, uh, the good guys kind of deal. Did somebody snort? That, Chippy, did no. you snort? That was not me. That was Mark. Dude, no, who it's no. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I actually want to uh, ride on that brand thing because that was actually a little bit more of what I want to say. And it was basically saying, assuming that that leak, that I guess quote unquote leak that Loco just talked about, do you think they keep Darshan in any way just for like the point of having him as the brand of CLG since he is the oldest player? I might leak if Darshan might stay, Darshan might not stay. And I don't think that's really a leak. Like, I mean, everyone knows, like, CLG reached out to Odo Omne, that was Jacob Wolf confirmed. The fact that they are um, reaching out to Odo Omne means they are living in a world where they are okay with losing Darshan, right? And I think CLG's brand, finally, it died a little when they lost Double Lift. It died a little bit more with Pobelter, with Afro, with, with Tony, Smithy. with Kuhi, with Xmithy. Like, Darshan is that last phase, but People talk so much about like how dead that CLG brand is. Like CLG. Yeah, and I didn't agree with Travis on that. Yeah, like I'm sorry, wait, is, What? I I didn't say CLG's brand was dead. No, I I was. You were saying that their brand is the good old boys, and I was saying I agree with Loco that I think that brand, if I understand Loco correctly, that brand is kind of dead. Yeah, I mean, I don't think keeping Darshan keeps that brand alive, and I don't think losing Darshan kills that brand. Like I would say, Dardock, for instance, if they went with Dardock, would be off-brand for CLG. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely like somewhat of a culture org that is not like, let's just sign the best players at every position. Like, they definitely believe in culture fit. Yeah. But, but that's not like a brand, necessarily. It's not like G2 branded themselves kind of like the evil empire, the villain type thing. Like, this is, it's, it's not a brand. Yeah. CLG's brand should be NA, they they had a history of being the North American team. They had a history of sometimes even being all five North American. And with, I think they brought the first Korean player over though. With Seraph? Yeah. Yeah, I understand, but like um dismissing all that, like what can CLG hold on to? We were we were North American jerseys, or we were American jerseys to MSI and we made finals. We have Biofrost, Dixay, and Wiggly, three um American player three American player actually. Bio is Canadian, right? If yeah, he's, whatever, he's North American. North American. Yeah, he's North American, but they can like be like, we are investing into young North American talent, like Bio, Stixay, and Wiggly. These will be the core faces of CLG. And I think that's what they should be pushing more so than like the old school friendship brand. So it's a bad move completely to just get another, I assume it's just a bad move in general to get like another... Uh, amateur talent for top lane like viper like put in fallen ba- fallen bandit for some time and to to loco's point like about being a, a single player away let's say from like competing legitimately for a world spot like you don't want that player to be like highly variable like viper might have carry performances but every single playoffs in academy he got shut down which is not yeah. a good look so the rumor is Viper to FlyQuest. That makes a lot of sense. FlyQuest isn't in a championship mode right now. They're like more about developing their brand, more being stable. So Viper to FlyQuest is on brand. It makes sense. Viper to CLG, when they already spent a lot for Pyro Beeble. Pyro Beeble is not a cheap player. 
as much as I down on him, a lot of people love Power of Evil, and they I would even him. yeah, they would put him third after Bjergsen and Jensen. There's I might not that, do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not you, a lot of people. Mark. Okay. Okay. There's people that would put Power of Evil third over Bjergsen and Jensen. So if you're picking up the third. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you pick up the third best mid laner yeah. in NA and you have a strong bot lane and a promising jungle, then you are one piece away from competing for worlds. So yeah, Viper doesn't make sense. Go import. Like kill the brand. There you don't have a brand in Darshan anyways. Just kill the brand and make like get behind these North American players and do well and build your own brand off of that. Wait, but don't, weren't you saying that they should get Flame? And Flame isn't a North American player. I'm not saying put, make Flame the face. I'm saying whatever, whoever you get, make Stixay, Biofrost, and Wiggly the face. Mm. He's saying you already have your like brand fit in those three guys. So sure. just get the best player you can get right now to like hopefully get over the hump and go to Worlds. And then like when you're at Worlds, you're like, let's do interviews with these three guys and Poe even. Well, the, the good news is is that I I mean uh, for us at least for in this discussion is that I feel like Flame is on brand for them, and you guys feel like them they don't if it doesn't matter if flame's not on brand so it's either way we all agree that flame should be on so yeah, yeah so hopefully they go do it hopefully you heard that clg yeah hotline league plays general manager for because i think i just uh, think CLG's far less interesting if they if they stick around with darshan i would love to see what feels like a renovated roster and to me that's that's a change in in three of the positions not in, in two of them so yeah. Anyway, I want to ask. We got three more callers. Yeah, I know, wait, wait. I, I want to ask Travis, uh, Travis and Mark a question real quick. Okay, we'll do it. I quick. had a, I had an owner reach out to me and say, the idea you brought up in Listen Loco, we actually heavily consider, and it affected our decision, and we watch it all the time. Never, have, never. No, we have to explain every time a guest comes on the show. We have to explain how it is because they have, they've never. They've, they haven't heard of it. They don't know what it is. Every That's guess. bullshit. Sebastian, Andy, Steve, like, were multiple times on the show. That's bullshit. I don't They're know if they get ideas from it, but yes, they do like it. I was just teasing. But a okay. lot of our guests do. A lot of the pro players don't know about it. But I don't. I, I am not so uh, arrogant as to assume that our show is influencing how what the pickups are for. If there's the any league ops people in here anyone who has any clout in the industry <laughs> and was ever swayed by any argument we've ever made in the show please tweet or dm me so i can stroke my ego because i'm jealous of Luka <laughs> right now i'm sure they have i there's no way like it didn't influence i mean you have all. to understand the majority of our calls are or the majority oh, of our Twitch content chat. are calls right yeah, we got i'm chippy over here and, who, and who, do you think the the owners care about what <laughs> i'm chippy thinks i mean i I don't I think so. I, I posted CLG subreddit that Poe should be on there. Maybe that's why they got. Okay, well, I mean, maybe yeah, I'm wrong like, then. I'm just like saying. people. People call in and they're like, "I think TSM is going to be the worst team in the world. They should get rid of all their players and get these five guys." And then, like, we're in the rabbit hole. And it's, yeah, it's but out. you guys don't say that. You guys like make logical arguments to what the callers are saying, and then people can like owners and like any kind of league ops people can see the logic in your arguments towards that. No. Yeah, maybe, we have to move on to the next call. Stupid. I don't maybe, know. maybe we are. Maybe we're secretly through this show, change, moving the course of of league history. I'm Chippy. Thank you so much, uh, and and congrats on getting Poe onto CLG. That was a big move for you. Uh, anything yeah, you want to say here at the end? I just want to give a shout out to you guys for giving so much good league content. Loco with Listen Loco, Travis with uh, this and interviews, and Mark with whatever else he does. Yeah, whatever else he does. Thank you so much, Chippy. <laughs> Later, guys. See ya. Uh, we got oh, Boss shit. Ben in the chat. Boss Ben, where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax, Virginia. I feel like we've had Fairfax, Virginia people on before. Thank you for being a sub. Hmm? Thank you for being a sub. What, got- do you, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Why is everyone low facing me and saying Darshan? Darshan's in the chat. Oh, oh. <laughs> man, I, it feels so unfair sometimes because I spent Darshan also like I'm fine with criticizing Darshan as a player and making suggestion for Darshan to be replaced, but criticizing Darshan as a person and like they overlap. They are the same people. It's hard world. Yes, it is. So st- such a struggle for you to have to say negative things about other players while the players in the chat. It's not the player that's struggling having to watch and hear people say negative things. I mean, all that's not what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, boss Ben, uh, Darshan's in the chat, just so you know. So whatever you're going to say, make it polite about him. But, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? It has nothing to do with Darshan. I I think TL will be a lot stronger this year. Uh, I think it'll, I think they'll smash both splits even harder than last year. Uh, with Jensen and Koyjide because I think they fit the team better. Why do they Jensen, fit the team better? I'm sorry. I would say uh, is more mechanically skilled than Pobelter, and I feel like mid lane is going to be an even more important role than last year due to the reverter that might change, and like the either self funneling or like full funneling meta that's might come back a little it. bit. Hundred percent, that's not going to make it. Not. It might be fun for for mid laners to get power farm, but it's it's not going to make it. To, to LCS patch. What, funnel? Funnel uh, slash uh, smite yeah. mid. Um, <laughs> okay, well, this, sorry, you've, you've derailed him. Feel, just continue to so, your argument. Sorry. Well, well, that's pretty much it for Jensen. But then for Korjaje, uh, I, I was reading an interview that he was pretty much uh, on board with working with Doublelift and, and saying that he would be very on board with like melding to the team. And I, I feel like after Ole kind of melded to the team, we saw that he and Doublelift were performing a lot better. So I think that it'll be just faster than the Ole meld. I think it'll just work out better. Well, I don't know if Ole ever melded to the team in terms of the Doublelift side. It felt like, uh, you know, that disconnect was possibly that's, part of that. That's the past, Travis, and we had, it's past 10 o'clock, so we're going to speed through this. Loco, do you have any, are you close with CoreJJ at all and like know his personality and how you expect him to fit with Doublelift? I, I've known him pretty closely three years ago. He's pretty much stayed the same person whenever I talk to him every now and then. So I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I do know him. And do you think there's a, any potential, like, what's, we know double can be abrasive. Where do you think, how do you think Core JJ will handle that kind of stuff? I think Core has seen how much success that Double has in NA, and he played AD carry against Double Lift. So Core will have some kind of a baseline respect towards Double Lift. And also, um, going into TL, like, Korean players, there's like Korean players always think of Afro, Double Lift, and Bjergsen being as very strong headed because that is just like the memes around those three players. Like, um, if you, like they say stuff like if Afro doesn't like an AD, like that AD just dies on 100 Thieves. Like, that's a meme in Korea, and I'm sure Core JJ has heard that meme. So, whenever he is joining TL, like he knows, like, hey, this is more of Double Lift's team than it is my team, and he will like respect Double Lift's wishes and like try to play with them more so than hey this is um my team and i want to do this i'm a former world champion so i'm not worried about core jj and double lift i'm a little worried about jensen and double lift because oh. i i am curious because I, I think jensen is pretty strong willed uh we a lot of people tend to forget that like jensen was benched on c9 in mm-hmm. the in the beginning of summer like I am. I'm. I think he might not be as easy of a teammate to get along with. I think uh, maybe some some people have 
not really thought about that too much, or he, you know, I mean, it's not really talked he, about too much. But he's had trouble with most of his junglers. Um, I don't know how the Sven and and other ones have been. Uh, Blabber is the only really Blabber and High are the only really good ones, and I feel like Blabber and High adapted to Jensen, not the other way around. You didn't think Sven was good. Sven and Jensen, there were some problems initially, right? So that's why Sven went to the bench and they moved up Blabber. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so he, he's had problems with a lot of people. I think Smithy's chill enough that it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and like you said, it's about him and Doublelift. But like I, I said before, I think Jensen has shown that he's okay with other lanes being played around. Like he doesn't, he might have a strong opinion on how to play the game, but at least like champion pool wise and his personal play style, it feels like it's, it's relatively. Uh, like meta dependent if they're playing carry tops he doesn't get that many resources sometimes they 2v2 jungle around mid all the time uh, it feels like he'll he'll do what for the most part seems best for the team yeah. and, um, oh sorry, sorry go ahead go I ahead don't, I can't really speak for his personality some people are making the argument that he'll take resources from double lift I don't think that really makes sense because um, he like I feel like uh especially at the beginning of Spring Split, it was kind of like a very top-heavy team where they focused a lot around Licorice, and uh, Jensen was able to kind of do the supporting role. Um, and so I think that'll be fine as well. Mm -hmm. I think TSM, or not TSM, my bad. Um, team Liquid has a lot of glue pieces. I think XMIT is very flexible. Impact is very flexible. He's so okay with not being played around. And Kane is also not a very, I would say, like a strong-minded coach, but he's a very good mediator. So... Yeah, there's definitely going to be problems with Jensen and Doublelift playing on the same team, but due to how much flexible some of the players are on TL and how good their staff has been about mediating problems, and everyone knows like TL is Doublelift's team. I don't think there are going to be a lot of butting heads between Jensen and Double, and it is going to solve itself out. Yeah, we'll have to see. Hey, Bossman, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I just want to shout out Max Mofo. If it was him for curving Travis super hard on the collab request. Bossman, <laughs> thank you so much for the call. Sorry you have to leave. It's it's really unfortunate. Okay. Um really quickly, thank you to uh Not really quickly. Vidov, Amtrak Trev for three months, OMG you ate my cookies five for three, Aragon forty two, and Ratchet Llama. Thank you. Dirty Poyer, who I believe I've Pu seen Pu'er. Dirty Pu'er. I believe I've seen your name in my Twitch chat before. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, well, welcome, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Okay. I was here last week. Okay, where are you calling from? Remind me. Where? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay, sorry. Your mic is a little... Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, scuffed. Uh, I want to talk about 100 Thieves. I think this team is pretty overhyped. Hmm. Mid lane. It, where? I think who he is just not who in he? their mid lane. Okay. So I think who he used to be, like two years ago, I think who he was a, a mid that would have worked for this team. But I think the who he that has played for the last two years is just not good enough to be on a top team. Hmm. So I have said uh, when people ask me about the who he thing that you have to hope if you're a hundred thieves fan, you have to hope that who he was held back from his team, not that he was holding back his team. Uh, I think that's like one of the big reasons. If you if you want to believe in hundred T, you have to believe that um, for next year. And I, I'm curious what Mark and Loco think. I think who he had a down year last year for sure, and where who he did really well was when he was with Afro and CLG overall. 
as a mid laner, your performance reflects a lot off of your jungler. And Huhi is someone that is an enabler. Huhi is someone that um, performs well in a split push situation. And to do that, you need help of other people. To do well in a split push situation, you need to be somewhat ahead, and your team needs to be in a position where they can split push. Huhi is someone that roams, lo roams a lot and plays off of jungles a lot. So by Huhi playing with Onda, who I think is going to be better than Rainover, and who he getting reunited with Afro, um, who he had a lot of success with in the past. I think we're going to see a much better version of who he. Like, if you want to make a debate on whether who he is a good player or a bad player, that's a separate discussion. But last year on CLG, I think there were a lot of factors that makes who he worse than his normal level. And I think on 100 Deep, there's going to be a lot of factors that makes who he better than his normal level. I think um, it's tough for me because I think. Culture fit wise, like this is a fantastic pickup for 100 Thieves, where you talk about uh, probably saying they want to play this annoying play style, Aframu having like shot calling macro focus, who he much the same way as like Loco was saying a lot more about team play than like individual play. And I think that lines up very well with like what 100 Thieves overall likes to do. Um, and if someday and Bang have good, good splits and they're like where most of the resources are going. Who he's a guy who can very much support both of them. That said, my biggest concerns with this team is like, what's their early game plan? Because they've never been good about playing around someday. As long as someday has been in North America, no team has been able to like actually play around him super well, despite how good he is. And if Bang is not the early game focal point, it's not really going to be who he on does not like as aggressive as some of the other younger North American junglers, like a Dardock or a Wiggly or even a contracts necessarily. So like I have a little bit of concern about what this team's early game plan is, though. I think uh, if someday and bang play pretty well, I think there's no way this team is bad. I think there's almost no way this team with who he is straight up bad. Yeah. I mean, this team with who he is going to have two really clear strengths overall as a team. They're going to be great in one three one situations. Um, who is a great split pusher? Some days a great split pusher. If they can get solidified or they can get to one three one situation in a good way, they're going to be really strong. I think this team will be excellent when they play bot oriented late game team fight comps. It's just early game. I agree with Mark is hugely going to be problematic. Like Kuhi and Onda aren't known for their early game prowess or the two v twos. And currently, how the game is patched right now, early game means so much. So yeah, it's a problem that they are going to have to solve. And I think specifically the matchup with Liquid, I don't like for 100 Thieves. Mm -hmm. Because I think Liquid is, if they're going to look snowballing through Jensen, I think that's going to be pushable against Suhi. And so I feel like mm -hmm. the game could snowball out before they get their Koreans to really get their items and carry. Yeah, I mean, before the 131 can happen, you need to play the mid 2v2. And mid 2v2, Jensen x mid D look a lot more scary than Huhi Onda. So they are going to struggle versus Liquid, but you can still struggle versus Liquid, be the second best team in NA, and go to Worlds. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, we get called out all the time for being 100T haters on the show, so uh, I think who he's going to fucking hard carry. That dude is clearly top three uh, mid laners in North America, and 100T is going to pop off next year. Kelby and Chad at the start of this conversation said 100T will have better success with their merch than their roster next year, so I just want to say that I disagree with that. Dirty Polio, do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to say at the end here? Oh, that's it. Have a nice night. All right. Thanks. Very cool. Thank you so much. I mean, regarding Kelby's comment about merch, like 100 Thieves merch is probably the best in the game. So I also agree with Kelby. I don't think 100 Thieves 
League of Legends will be the best in League, but I do think their merch will still be the best in the game. John now 69 thank you for the Twitch Prime, and Wild Lawrence for 700 bits, who says Locust Hair is on fleek. We got our last <laughs> caller here, Tom Shu. Tom Shu, where are you calling from? Uh, hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, I'm calling from uh, Virginia. Virginia. So, one in the morning, and I'm exhausted, and I got to get up at six, but it's worth it. Okay, well, we'll get through this quick. Sorry that we uh, had you wait till the end of the call. Just remember, it's Mark's fault, not mine. Tom Shu, where, where do you where, what do you want to say here at the show? Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Cody Sun situation, right? Of course, you guys already know that Cody Sun tweeted out that he's likely not going to be starting out for uh, any uh, any LCS, LCS yeah. teams to split. Yeah, LCS yeah teams to split, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm sort of surprised, but then I read this tweet from uh, this guy named Barry Lee or at Idolwise, uh, Korean yeah. Barry Lee. Yeah, said uh, Barry. Yeah, how you doing, Barry? Uh, it says lol offseason trend I've noticed. Teams are actively avoiding players that have been labeled having difficult personalities. Whether that label is fairly or unfairly given is up to for debate. And that sort of got me thinking. And now, like, I understand that when free agency happens and owners start, you know, talking to each other about uh, what players do we want to recruit, and it's like, oh, do we want to recruit from this guy or this guy? Does he have a problematic personality? Or does is he a good communicator? And it feels like that sort of like label is being attached to Cody Sun. And I want to get your thoughts and to understand. Do you think that kind of label is being fairly applied on Cody Sun? And do you think it'll have like a negative impact on his career going forward? See, like, like I just tried to say that we're hundred T haters, and I was trying to be nice, and then you bring this up. Uh, I got I to know. My, I mean, okay. my take is this. Like, I don't know if Nate did uh, Cody any favors by not discussing what was going on with Hunter T. I think people are assuming that Cody was toxic, whether or not he was. And I think that this is p- potentially a side effect of that. Now, theoretically, I have to acknowledge well, I that- think it's also a side effect from when Kobe and I kind of talked about how we had heard behind the scenes there were problems with him. Even yeah, before it's it's all Nate Shot's fault. You right, shouldn't Nate take any... <laughs> Nayshot did Cody a favor by not talking negatively of him, in my opinion. Nayshot could have aired out Dirty Laundry. He chose to not air out Dirty Laundry and take the brunt of the fan blame onto the org instead of onto Cody. I just yeah, think I, I worry that in the absence of him discussing it, uh, it led people's imaginations running wild on what was happening there. But that's only true for yeah, fans, though, Travis. I think t- I would hope orgs and players are able to figure out the truth of it. You know, like... You have a lot Players. of high hopes for our orgs. No, I don't think I actually have really low hopes that people can keep their mouth shut. And that people, might be fair. Like people talk about, like, oh, how's it going on your team? Like you, oh, this shit. Like uh, players always talk, and so I have no doubt that like whatever the fans didn't hear about what happened behind Hundred Thieves, other people at least heard grumblings, yeah. or if not outright, the whole story. Uh-huh. So That's, sorry, you go, Luca. Um. Talking to Immortals people, I heard negative things about Cody's behavior. Talking to 100 Thieves people, I heard negative things about Cody's behavior. So unless everyone I've talked to from both orgs are lying to me, or there has to be some truth in that. Is it fair that Cody didn't get on a team? I think Cody had a shot to get onto Optic, and Optic actively made a decision to not get Cody. So not, I mean, you, do you disagree, whoever whistled? Oh, no, no, no. I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, yeah, that's some pretty spicy information or assumption you got there. I, it, what is it? Optic is in a situation where they are not overspending for players. Cody wants to be on an LCS team. He's someone that went to Worlds. He's someone that has decent success. Cody is an obvious option for Optic. Option or Co- 
Optic clearly made a choice to not pick up Cody. Yeah. So well, here's the thing. For- well, then I'll Sorry. just say really quickly, I apologize, because I, I had assumed that uh, Nate Shot was not helping him out and that people were filling in the blanks, but uh, I stand corrected. He was possibly, well, probably doing him his favor, as uh, Loco said. I think the other thing, too, is like if you look at a lot of the names that are signed right now across these on that spreadsheet, like I think Cody's actually really good, and I, I Loco and I had different opinions at him uh, on Loco Let's Loose, but we both agreed he's he's a decent player, but like... If I'm TSM, I'm not ditching Sven for him. If I'm C9, I'm not ditching Sneaky for him. If I'm CLG, I'm not ditching Stixay for him. If I'm TL, I'm not ditching Doublelift. If I'm Echo Fox or Clutch, and you want to avoid a, talk, uh, a potentially toxic personality, and your option's Apollo, who's pretty decent and is one of the nicest guys in the league, you're going to go with him. Definitely has more upside, arguably, and, and might have a better attitude. Then you have Bang, and then you have Turtle. And it's like, who in this league is he clearly, out of those nine guys I just said, clearly supposed to... Whose job is he supposed to take? Maybe yeah. Piglet is like the only one you could say maybe. Yeah, so the only team that could realistically take on Cody is Optic. And when Cody tweets out, I'm not going to be on an LCS team, Optic said no to Cody. We can make that assumption. Yeah. Yeah, so so maybe one org decided that wasn't a good fit for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, the, the reputation going too far, like I don't know if that's even necessarily the case because just on a skill level, I actually think the AD carry position looks pretty good. He was ranked number one in spring. I think Cody's really good too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think, I think skill wise, he should absolutely be in the NALCS. I just can't look at one of these rosters and say, ah, yeah, they really fucked up not taking Cody there instead. Yeah. Aside, like, aside from maybe Clutch, Echo Fox, and Optic, and we don't know what he's asking for behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, players know when their value is down because they don't have multiple options and they know, like, they know that their agents tell them that, like, they know that teams aren't dying to sign them so they're gonna have to lower the price a little bit as for cody's skill level i think cody is a decent player but the two core things that i think about cody for is making consistent crucial mistakes in team fights and that's a death sentence for ad carries and also the attitude thing like with those two things i can see why teams think it's better to invest into an na talent best bet for cody is play an academy and kill everyone in Academy. Be the yeah. best damn mm-hmm. AD carry in an Academy. And after spring, there will be problems on some of the teams. There will be, And if you can show that you are the best damn Academy AD carry player, you will get picked up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's yeah, any no. chance this is the end of Cody and NALCS. Yep. Uh, wait, just one last uh, quick uh, follow-up question to that. Uh, I mentioned beforehand that especially like when you start getting that label of being toxic, it seems kind of hard. Do you think it's possible to ever get that you know, that stink of a label off of you. Cause yeah. you know, it's happened yeah. to Dardic, it's happened to Phoenix, it's happened to- Cause the Take same away. way, the, the problem that you hear, the, the problem that happens is people get labeled it and then guess what? It's like really hard for people to change. They keep being toxic. They like, there's a reason why if, if they <laughs> yeah. weren't toxic and they were playing great, they would go to a team and they'd stay there because guess what? They would have completely changed. So I think there's just a, it's just a struggle. Mm-hmm. I think so it's harder to change a personality than a t- label. Yeah, if the label's sticking, it's probably because the personality hasn't actually changed. Loco. So I can speak up on this. So mm-hmm. on TSM, I actually had a label as lazy after TSM because there were a few times where I didn't do my best and I sort of earned the label lazy. After that, like I told myself, I'm never going to be fucking lazy. I'll be the hardest worker on the team. Up till Golden Guardians, there was a point where I was called lazy. 
I think your reputation will always be a year or two years behind you. But after that, like, I mean, I got criticized for different things, but no one thought of me as lazy. And enough word got around from my time on Team Liquid, my time on Goldcoin United. By I got to Golden Guardians, my label as lazy was done. And as people talked to that players and other coaches and ownership that I worked with, like the lazy label died. I think Cody is going to have the toxic label. I think Dardock is going to have the toxic label for a while, even after they change. And it's up to them to be consistently non-toxic and consistently a healthy teammate for that label to disappear. Reputation is going to lag behind your actual behavior. Uh, and conversely, you know, there's some people that just remain a jerk. Like Mark, always been considered a jerk. You know, he does a show with me. I know he's a jerk. And I tell everyone he's a jerk. That's going to stay with him forever. Mark's a jerk. That's not going to change. And, and some that. some people don't really change exactly what people think about them, but they clean up the edges, like Double Lift. He was someone who, by end of 2015, people thought he was like the worst teammate ever. Uh, but nowadays, people are like, "Yeah, he's abrasive, a little rough around the edges, but he's not so bad." Yeah. Like you can you can even like there's there's shades, you know, it's not non toxic or toxic. There's a gradient. Tom Shu, I know you need to go to sleep because you're up late and you got to get up in a couple hours. So, right, quick shout outs. Uh, shout out to uh, Earther and DMK. Thanks for staying up so late and letting me spit knowledge on Reddit. Um, and also, guys, remember to support your NA talent. Uh, one like equals one NA mid laner. Thank, thank you, <laughs> Tom Shu. Appreciate it. Right, have a great Did night, you guys. Vote manipulate on our show. I wasn't actually listening. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. That's the show. We're running a little bit on time, so we'll do shout outs really quickly. Mark. I want to die. Loco. <laughs> um, thank you to Travis and Mark for having me on the show. I think it's really important that content creators support each other and work with each other and not have small dick energy and be jealous. And yeah, like I'm really thankful to any kind of content creator that work with me, like regardless, regardless of their size, regardless of their fame. And yeah, like I hope we can create more content in the future. I'll be back on the show whenever you guys want me. I'll try to bring Doran on if you guys want Doran. And either of you guys are welcome back on any of my show or anytime you guys want to help with me. Thanks. I appreciate it. Mark, your webcam went away. Uh, well, then it knows how I feel. I know. I know. Because I did not do that. Listen, exclamation mark, uh, PO box in the chat if you want. And, and look in the description. Broden and I are going to be doing this fun video. I'll keep it short, but uh, we're going to be opening stuff that you guys send us. It's a fun thing that I stole from a, a popular group of people called Offline TV that Mark works with. Um, uh, we're going to be streaming, opening up a bunch of cool stuff tomorrow. That's not the stuff you guys sent me, but something else. Have you got any weapons yet? I have not gotten any weapons yet. We get a lot of weapons. You guys should send Travis some weapons. Please don't send me weapons. They're probably Why not? They're fucking legal cool. issues. And They're not. No, there's swords and kunai. Please and only send legal options in the in the mail i i just opened the p.o box today so i haven't received anything but uh p.o box um dildos are a good option too uh don't go oh anywhere because i'm gonna stick around on stream and keep talking about some stuff uh and then once i'm done i will host look at are you streaming again tonight or are you done yeah um i'm gonna go eat with my friends um hopefully my food hasn't gotten cold and i'll be back after that um, okay thanks for the host travis yeah yeah for sure uh <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stop uh recording that's the show everyone hope you enjoyed hotline league episode 56. Thanks so much to Alienware for their support and thanks everyone for watching.